0: now hey everybody you're listening to the total basis podcast and i am felipe over there is a new co-host it is angel morales angel how you doing this evening morning actually uh the morning after christmas
1: how you doing really good great day for talking about baseball spending time with the family that's today so i'm antsy about this one
0: yeah uh thank you for tuning in uh like i said to anybody who's out there we're live on facebook at the baseball life facebook group uh we'll be posting this on spotify youtube itunes and this will be the last one of the year as i think i'm gonna take a at the very least we're gonna take another week a week break as we go into the new season and start the season the fourth season of this podcast um uh, well angel, you've been listening and, and actually you've been a part of a, of a of a league or so with me as well. Um, what what's the biggest takeaway of uh, this show and what we're trying to do here on this podcast and uh, and, and what do you think of the leagues that you've been uh, set up with me so far in the last year or so?
1: um basically, you know first of all, it's having fun with people that love baseball, love sports, but most of all it's analyzing, you know trying to do your best at bragging rights of who's the better um non-professional analyst in baseball Mm -hmm. so so this is my takeaways on these baseball podcasts you know just for fun but also trying to be able to analyze and and realize which one has the better taken at the end of the year trying to have bragging rights of i got this guy and you got that guy you know trying to have fun with that
0: yeah and it's about fun and it's also um you know, it's a hobby, right? Yeah. Uh, but as we talked about, I think uh, there, there's, there's a, there's a, a method to all of this, right? There's a reason. There's, there's a why to all of this. And I've been trying to figure out why I, I do this. Why do I insist on getting up on my days off from my bread job and to do this? Why I stay up until uh, late into the evening? and work on spreadsheets in the offseason for baseball. Uh, and that's the that and that's like, but if I don't do it, um, I go crazy. You know, <laughs> if I don't do it, I feel like I'm not doing anything at all. I'm just wasting my time, which...
1: It's our niche. It's our niche, my niche, right?
0: But to, to an outsider, this looks like, well, you're wasting your time. You're wasting... This could be a time you could be using working and getting more money for you and your family and getting an extra revenue of income and this and that and the other. Well, why are you wasting time looking at, statistics that mean nothing and there must be a method to the madness right there must be a reasoning I think my reasoning is that it actually as as crazy as it sounds it it actually I've noticed that ever since I started doing this type of stuff with the advanced stats the analytics and the breakdown of, uh, um, of of baseball statistics for fantasy baseball purposes it's actually helped me in my professional career as well I start I feel like as soon as I started doing this my professional career started to take off where i guess in that aspect i am making more money and extra income for my family and, and myself as well so it's so like the way i see it i'm t- this is helping me and it's it's creating open opening up new avenues that i never knew existed before i started embarking on this journey the last five six seven years or whatever So it may not be helping me. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, a, what do you call it? A fantasy baseball expert, so to speak, but it is helping me in other ways, professionally speaking in, in other avenues. And uh, I I look forward to see where this takes me.
1: Um, Listen, not trying to get too philosophical with this, but discipline in any aspect mm -hmm. to, to have more discipline in other aspects. So you being disciplined on this, you're trying to do your best. Helps you focus on what is working with this, so you can apply it on your job, on your family, absolutely, on your, on your life. So, yeah, and, and, so, and you know, there's some method and, to this madness, and...
0: right? And I think, and, yeah, and that's, a, and I think that's what I'm trying to say. It, it has to streamline into something else, right? Like I, I can't just be doing this. Like I said, my 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 as, far, as crazy as it sounds, my my Excel skills have gone up because of fantasy baseball. And guess what? I use a lot at work. Freaking spreadsheets, fair. Excel, <laughs> excellent, right? So, uh, there, there, and without this, I feel like it, it, it did help a lot, and and it's and it's and again, it's for fun, but it's also for for work, and it's also to improve myself as a person. It, it and I don't know, I, I just absolutely i i love it man i i enjoy it i i i love and when i don't do something i go crazy and like you just mentioned if you don't have the discipline to do it you're not gonna have the discipline to do something else like especially professionally and i feel like anytime i don't get any if i if there are days where i'm not doing a podcast or i'm not uh uh uh, analyzing some player statistics it, it it might affect my my real my real work progress not to expose myself too much but it does like Cause I, I all I keep thinking is like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta do that list about prospects. I gotta do that list about the pictures. I gotta, but I can't because I'm stuck at work. And then when I get home, I'm gonna be stuck with the kid, and it, it really does mess with me. But when I, when I get that done, it it does. I feel and I don't know about you, but I feel like it opens up my mind to get to the important stuff. Right. I took oh, care of sure. the stuff that I love, so now it's time for me to do the stuff that. um that, that that is providing me shelter clothes on my back food on my belly and 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 is protecting my kid and my wife so it, it's um it's really um it's been a it's been an interesting journey and the last uh four uh seasons of this uh new version of the podcast which has been the longest uh, most consistent version of this podcast because I, I don't know if you know angel, but uh, we've done several uh iterations of this podcast before and I thought I saw my good friend Matt Bushnell, uh tuning in for a second or so but that's where we started we started matt and i used to be co-workers and matt would
1: oh, st- would come
0: okay. to my house to my apartment and we would share one microphone one laptop and we would just spe- take turns speaking into that microphone we just put the microphone in the middle of the table and we would just talk and that's that how it started
1: so annoying, honestly
0: but... uh, well we're, we're good <laughs> friends we're good friends so uh <laughs> you know we're good friends so uh so we, we were able to endure and uh have discussions about this and but it, it got annoying cuz we were we were trying to look at the computer for for certain um uh information so he's we're looking up football information but i need to look up some because we were doing all four sports in one episode so he will look up football information i will look up baseball information but we can't cuz we're sharing the same screen so that that and that aspect it did get annoying so but Otherwise, you know, and also our computers were just bad. I mean, our, we? We would uh, our computers would make th- these loud noises that could be picked up on, on the internal mic. Like it, it looked like we were in an airport. It, <laughs> it, it it sounded like we were in an airport. Sorry, not look, but it sounded like we were at an airport. Uh, but and then you know we did one. Uh, we, there was another version that I did with Sean. That kind of uh, and it, we did it through SoundCloud, so you know, uh, so along with the SoundCloud rappers, uh, hey, here's a. In between SoundCloud rapping, you can listen to this podcast about all types of stuff, about sports, mostly fantasy baseball. And then there was a wrestling one. So anyway, it's been a long journey. But we, I finally found some consistency with Sean the last four seasons. And then uh, when the pandemic hit, we were able to figure out, hey, you know, what if we just all of us do a podcast? And that's where Dong City came from. That's where the Football Life podcast came from. Um, the, the There was a cooking show for a while. But it, it all stemmed from the pandemic and uh four seasons later we're still on it well it'll be fourth season next year
1: but very blessed uh, to be here
0: and you're a part of it too angel you listen and 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 you're in our leagues and and this is what your second or third time that you've uh, been a uh, a guest on this podcast so i thank you for uh for that as well but all that being said is that uh i'm grateful for the last three years and i look forward to where this takes me or where this takes all of us involved in this project uh, in 2023 so we're bidding goodbye but this is our last goodbye and this is our last project and like I mentioned uh, the this is an annual thing for me Angel in case you haven't noticed where I look at mostly at the CBS Sports uh fantasy baseball uh website because I'm kind of uh I've been listening to those guys for years as well. So they're they're kind of an inspiration to why I do this as well. And Scott White, uh, he's the author of this website that we're going to be looking into. It's the Fantasy Baseball Mock Draft. The first look at the head-to-head points format for 2023. It reflects the latest trades and signings, even though it's from December 16, 2022. So, uh, yeah, it's the 10 days later, right? 10 days later. But you know what? Uh, Put it this way. That might have been their last mock draft of the season. So this will be our last episode of the season as uh it's 10 days later Very but it's fitting. it's still relevant right angel <laughs> hey we, we don't
1: make it we we, we make relevancy
0: here. damn so. right and in carlos correa is still not signed so it doesn't matter so we're just pending gonna go
1: physical. with physical just pending physical
0: pending lots of physical he's gonna get physical <laughs> all right uh yeah. so here's a tw- the 12 people who were who were on this a uh, mock draft for the head-to-head points league duck row uh um, He's a podcast listener and the league champion. So there you go. Um, They just got some, I guess they got some listener to join this, some random league and he beat all the (laughs) experts. So anything is possible, you guys. I'm still waiting for one of you guys to beat me. So gives you guys some hope for next year. You know, guys like Ricky, Angel, Corey Decker, even Austin.
1: I was very close. I was very close.
0: Yeah, man. You
1: you fought your way back. I wasn't close on the matchup, but I was very close.
0: <laughs> Maybe Austin will beat me one of these days. This yeah. is <laughs> once again I beat him in the he championship. Very close
1: too. You were. You were stressed about. He was, it was the
0: best team in the league for a while. So yeah. and so, yeah. that's this was the second time I beat him in, in the playoffs. So I'm so because he was in a separate league years before. Yeah. Uh, I so, think yeah, I was in
1: that league too, but.
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll have to look at the ESPN archives, but yeah, uh, guys like AJ, maybe he'll show up to the draft next year and maybe he'll actually have a better showing this year, which <laughs> better showing. He won one of the divisions, but he couldn't beat me at all. I, I went three and no against them yeah so uh daniel presciato i forgot where he's from but i remember him uh in previous mock drafts i always end up making fun of him a lot at least that's how i remember it chris towers he's a cbs sports analyst scott white obviously the dean of head-to-head points leagues at cbs sports Uh jake weiner or weiner uh, out of prospects 1500 george kurtz out of the sports grid chris mitchell out of the fantasy data website or twitter or whatever i don't know what the hell that is raymond atherton uh, he's just Raymond Atherton I have no idea but he sounds familiar so we're gonna go with it Frank Stample out of the CBS Sports website RJ White also from the fantasy sports our CBS Sports website Tim Kanak from the fantasy Aceball podcast Dave funnel also from prospects 1500 so those are your 12 players and you know no no spreadsheet today Angel but I'm gonna share my screen anyway Cause it only makes sense if we get to share the screen and there's the first round and there's the first pick Aaron judge. So guys, uh, for those watching on YouTube or uh, on the Facebook live, flip your phones to the side, I'm going to try to make it bigger, but I can only fit so many names, but make sure you're paying atten- attention to the left column and not the right column. The right column is going to be Ray- Raymond Atherton's team. So we're not looking at that. Maybe we will look at it later, but we're looking at the left column and Aaron Judge is the first pick overall in a fantasy points league. Um, It may not make sense in a roto league with the traditional five-by-five, especially if Aaron Judge doesn't steal the amount of bases he stole this past year. But in points league, I guess after thinking about it, in a points league where home runs are worth four points each, I guess, and you add the RBIs in the runs, it makes a lot of sense. Do you have any objections to this, Angel?
1: Iron Judge is the consensus perspective, either on fantasy points on Cat Leagues or Roto, whatever you want to pick. His, I mean, his worst season will be the best season for any of these players afterwards. Good point. So that's good point. basically that's, that's his floor. So might as well just go with an upside on that. So, And you know what he showed last year? He showed to be the best American League hitting home run of all, home, home run hitter of all time. What else do you need to, <laughs> to <laughs> prove about? <laughs> to proof about? Plus you said he steals bases. You know, plus he also um hits were for average, you know. He mm-hmm. he was fifth on average on on the league last season. So he almost got a triple crown. Right. So imagine that. Like that's that's a no-brainer for me. So
0: uh early on projections from Steamer has him hitting 44 home runs, over a hundred runs in RBI, 10 chip and 10 stolen bases with a 276 batting average, and what's this? What's his opposite ops? His ops will be at nine thirty-seven. Now let's start with the let's just stick with the home runs. Forty-four home runs. You think he's going to reach that again, or you think he's going to fall short of forty-four
1: home runs next season? I mean, he's reached fifty twice, right? So forty is a is low balling in my opinion. So forty, like I said, forty. I think Kyle Schwarber was the league leading home run hitter in the National League. Was it was forty-four or something like that? Too sounds right. So, Sounds right. So basically, you're you in and even low balling on the projections, you're the best home run hitter in any week. So, you just got to go with that.
0: You know what? Let's. I'm gonna look into that right now. Is Aaron Judge? the projected home run leader for next year at 44 home runs. Uh, The only other concern I have for him is that he not, maybe not the last two seasons, but early on in his career, like in 2018 yeah. and 2019, hell, even in 2020, I know there were only 60 games, but he only played 28 games there. Uh, He's shown an inability to stay healthy. And again, the last two years he has stayed healthy, but that's always kind of lingering that, you know, these soft tissue injuries are going to come back to haunt him. Is that a concern for you whatsoever?
1: Um,
0: I uh, got you thinking a little, uh, bit. Huh? A a little, little bit, bit, he
1: says. Okay, a little bit, you know, it's always there's always concern with an injury prone player, but now that he's stayed healthy for the last few years, he has proved us wrong. But yeah, I mean, it's still on the back of our minds, but it's now on the back of my mind. It's not two years ago when I was like, Can he stay healthy? Can he play ball? Can he produce at a high level consistently? Now he can, so why? I mean. Basically, just trying to go with the recency bias, as in, like he has stayed healthy for the last two years, it will basically pick up for the third year in a row.
0: So Uh, he'll be 31 in late April. Is age a concern for
1: you at all? At the moment, no. Maybe in a year or two, maybe even three years, maybe, and even that he'll be at the age. They're probably going to be DHing him, um, moving him from the outfield. So. His production offensively will stay, so I don't I don't believe it's going to be a struggle offensively. It's just going to be like like you said. I mean, the concerns of his injuries prior prior on his career will be lingering later on, maybe. But right now, he's stayed healthy, so he'll probably produce the same way for the next two or three years. And maybe he's not going to reach sixty two again. I mean, God forbid! I don't want to see another another janky wave of you know <laughs> i don't want to see a lot of janky news but at the end of the yeah, day yeah.
0: for those who don't know uh angel's a, a tampa bay rays fan unfortunately yeah. for him unfortunately i'm like that <laughs> <laughs> uh really but quick like, steamer aaron judge 44 home runs mike trout 40 home runs vladimir guerrero jr 40 home runs uh pete alonso 39 Schwarber, 38 and fernando tatis who will uh not play in as many games still one of the more explosive players in the league 37 home runs and uh Yordan Alvarez at 36. So those are the guys who will uh according to Steamer projections are going to finish up well above 35 home runs. Uh it's a it's a who's who, right? It's a who's who of uh, the best power hitting uh hitters in major league baseball right now. So, uh I, I, Even they,
1: as, like I said even as you, we've seen his ceiling now, even at his low ball low balling and on the projections, he's still the best hitter in the league.
0: All right, so we're going to go with it. We're going to be okay with Aaron Judge being the number one guy. And I'm assuming these are updated. Yeah, December 26, 2022. Okay, so these are updated. All right, so that takes care of that. Um, What was I doing? I, I don't know if I want to name all these guys because, you know, we- we'll be here all day. But so far, I don't have any issues. Uh, I, have, once. I have
1: just one issue. Go ahead. Why is Sohail Tani that low?
0: Good question. Uh, if it's a points league, uh, see uh, now if it's daily, that's a huge advantage. I mean, Sean's won back-to-back championships in our baseball life league, but that's a categories league. But and, and that's a semi-weekly league. But still, he's just the fact that he's able to flip him in and out of being a hitter and being a, and being a pitcher is a huge advantage to him. Uh, but, yeah, I would have picked Shohei Ohtani over guys like Kyle Tucker and even Sandy Alcantara, even Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez is is a red flag for me. I don't know why he's a first-round pick in this mock draft. Um, that too. That's kind of a red flag. For me. And, and Rodriguez mm-hmm. kind of slowed down at the end of the year, and his strikeouts are just ridiculously high. And, you know, it will he? I mean, it's an ebb and flow, yeah, for a successful rookie year. But will that, will that follow up with a – with a a tumbling sophomore slump, and I'm not a believer in sophomore slumps, but I am a believer in that there is an ebb and flow to this, and it might be year to year, it might be month to month, it might be quarterly, right? We don't know. It just depends on the player. But the the strikeouts are a little bit of a concern for me. So, um, not to take anything away from it, but for a first round pick, Julio Rodriguez, that's that's a tough pillow for me to swallow. I'm looking at uh, Shohei Otani's numbers from last year, the the offensive numbers and I don't see anything that's kind of concerning. Uh, well, did he strike out too yeah. much? Same, no, not same really.
1: Thing, same thing as Aaron Judge early in his career. Injury prone, maybe. But you got, you're having a two-way player. Basically, people were having a sincere discussion as uh, the, the all-time leader in American League home runs versus a two-way player for mm-hmm. the MVP discussions last year. So it's kind of like, why is it... The second best player, is the number twelve player on your mock draft. It's kind of that's kind of weird, but
0: I, I well, I guess eleven stolen bases last year, it, it might be turning people off. So if you're thinking if you're thinking in that mentality, but it's a points league though. That's a thing, it's a points league. Unless they think that he's going to get neutralized as a left-handed hitter, but then why why pick Kyle Tucker had a Shohei Otani who's also a left-handed hitter?
1: And look, it, I had Kyle Tucker last year. He's one of the most streakiest player I've had all a long time. So like he started really bad and then turned off the Jets at the end of the season, which is pretty good for the Astros. But for me, it was really concerning because I struggled those first first months because of him struggling. So it's Mm kind of like whether whether you want consistency, which I believe Shohei Otani has a little bit more consistency than Kyle Tucker. So
0: by the way, uh 25.9% for uh Julio Rodriguez is a strikeout rate. So I guess it's not too bad. And speaking of you know modern baseball the way it is, but I don't know it's it's put up against a 7.1 walk rate, so it's like, just the fact that he can't get to 10% yet was a little concerning for me last year. Um, otherwise, I guess he's oh yeah no the other thing about him about Julio Rodriguez uh, the the plate discipline he swings at 50% of pitches. And only makes seventy-one percent contact rate, which only a few players can get away with that. Maybe Julio Rodriguez has the best speed to keep getting away with that, but for me, I'd rather have a more polished guy in the first round than a than a, than a wild swinging guy that early. That's just me, though. Yeah. Uh, and then, so yeah, and you're right about Kyle Tucker. He was very streaky. I mean, was streaky last year, very frustrating to have. But when he's on, he's on, and he can do both the power, oh, speed. For sure. Uh, so I guess maybe that's why Otani fell because of that, because you can't, he can't guarantee the speed anymore is maybe the thinking, but I don't know. I mean, when he pitches, he, he pitches these amazing games, you know, double digit strikeouts and it's just the, I've bought into the whole Shohei Otani train at this point. I think he, you can get one more really good year. Well, let's, I mean, so we're, we're going to pick him ahead of Kyle Tucker. Do we pick him ahead of Sandy Alcantara? Shohei Otani, I mean, um, I think I would.
1: I I would I, the problem with Sandy also is he's he's a Cy Young winner too, so it's kind of like he's the best pitcher in the National League. Shohei Ohtani was probably the fifth best pitcher in the league. If you if we don't go off what wins, like you go off like production, like strikeouts and strikeouts for nine and everything, he's probably one of the best pitchers in the American League. But he was the second best hitter in the in the in the American League. Sandy was the best pitcher in the National League last year, so it's kind of like. Do you want to just go and as like he's listed as utility over here? You want to go with a you know a jack of all trades type of guy, or do you want to go with the best pitcher who's going to give you night in and night out the best performance in the National League? So,
0: uh, big shout out to uh, my buddy Chris, uh, who I for all intents and purposes I defeated him in our fantasy football uh, semifinal. So it looks like I'll be facing Matt, my buddy Matt, who I just mentioned, in the championship game. Uh, which uh, that's one of those where it, it's the equivalent of the Cubs and the White Sox facing each other, where it's a game seven and, and the, the the final out's about to be made. And then the game gets called off due to a catastrophic event. It's the similar, it's, it's as similar as it can be right there. And then so um, unless, <laughs> un- unless, unless Chris gets like a million points from Mike Williams tonight, uh, I, for all intents and purposes, I defeated him. Uh, M- Matt has a tighter uh, game. So to speak, quote unquote, I use that term loosely. Tighter, uh, in his bracket, on his side of the bracket, but I think he's about to. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Uh, he'll. He, the other guy needs thirty points from both from two Chargers players tonight, so nice. I don't see that happening. So yeah, so I think it's gonna be me and Matt next week, and that, that's gonna be ugh, that's gonna be crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got two pitchers here. Do you? I mean, would you? Garrett Cole and Sandy Alcantara.
1: Over Gert Sandy over Girk Cole.
0: And did you pick Sandy over Shohei Otani? I forget.
1: I, um, I was still torn on that one. No, I gotta pick one, man.
0: Pick one. Gun to your head.
1: Let's go. I'll go. I'll go Sandy as the best pitcher.
0: Okay. So Shohei Otani is the 11th pick overall. That's why, yeah, that answers your question. Why did Shohei Otani fall to the 12th spot? Because you would pick Sandy Ocantor over Shohei Otani.
1: Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, that will you be, go. If, if if you go a space off offensively production. He's no, he's no doubt the best hitter. But if you want to pick, like, switch him off between pitching and hitting on your league in a daily league, probably. Yeah, then basically, you have that advantage
0: in the daily league. Yeah. But in a weekly league, let's say, let's just say for the all intents, it's a weekly league.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if it's a weekly league, you probably want to stick Otani on the offensive side. So, okay, maybe so he's maybe. Maybe I will pick him higher, but I can understand why they pick him that. Okay. So, yeah. you're
0: going to, so in this, in this exercise, you're going to pick Otani over Alcantara. If it's a weekly head to head points league, you're picking Otani over Alcantara, is what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. he's, he's way much, he's probably the second best hitter in the, in the American league if we all go right. off based off MVP. So,
0: all right. What about Julio Rodriguez versus Shohei Otani?
1: Nah. Julio. I, I love Julio Rodriguez. Okay. I'm a big Julio fan, but so there you also injury this injury concerns. There's there's also the injury concerns with Julio. He's really young and he missed a lot of time last season with injuries. That's very concerning for me. I mean, it could be turning off as like Aaron Judge, which is like he was injured, injury riddled, start of his career, and now he's producing at an all time rate. But right now, I don't I'm I'm really torn on picking him in the first round. So.
0: so, are you? would you pick him ahead of Shohei Otani, Julio Rodriguez?
1: No, I pick okay. Shohei Otani.
0: Okay. All right. So, uh, by the way, to be fair to Julio, I know we've been kind of bashing him this whole time. I mean, he's um, still got 132 games and 560 plate appearances last year. So, it's not all, it's not too loss of a cause there. But yeah, we would like to see him play more because, you know, if you play more, you produce more, right? This is simple math. Yes. Uh, all right. So, Shohei Otani is moving up. Against Freddie Freeman and for the eighth spot, who wins that one, for you?
1: Freddie Freeman and Julio,
0: uh, Shohei.
1: Um, gun to your head. I picked I pick. I pick Shohei.
0: All right, Shohei Otani versus Garrett Cole.
1: Shohei Otani. Shohei, no, Shohei
0: Otani versus Manny Machado.
1: Well, that's. I mean, yeah. now after after probably this, it will be between between the 7th pick and the first pick. I'm okay with you pick Shohei Otani
0: Over Manny but Machado?
1: It could be, but no. also Manny Machado was a, he played big time the last couple of years, so I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be so mad if somebody picked Shohei Manny Machado over Shohei.
0: But would you do it? I'm not asking if other people, would you do no, it? I, w-
1: I would pick Shohei still.
0: You're still Shohei. Okay. Okay, this is getting interesting.
1: And this I picked Juan Soto. And we're not going Juan Soto. I picked Juan Soto last year. I still prefer Shohei Otani.
0: Oh, so now we're talking about Shohei Otani being top five. Uh, Mookie Betts, then?
1: I'll stop the brakes there. If we're
0: <laughs> so you still take Mookie Betts.
1: Mookie Betts is like we're talking about speed and you know, and everything else getting into account. Trey Turner and Mookie Betts gets you more speed production there. So, okay, more all-around players.
0: So yeah, it's So I, I think. I would pick Shohei over Manny Machado, but I don't think I can. I think this is a bounce back here for Juan Soto uh, this upcoming That's, season.
1: That was my concern. I had Juan Soto last year and I'll still pick him in the first round, but it was, I was really struggling when he went to the Padres. Like mm-hmm. he, he really whiffed. So I, I have my doubt. I'm um, not my doubts, but my concerns about, about him in the Padres. So. Final
0: question for you. Uh, is Garrett Cole, is he? Should he really be the number one pitcher taken in a draft, like even in a points league like this?
1: No, I, Ooh, who's I'm your number one guy, Sandy. Sandy oh, wow! Yeah, I
0: don't should think it
1: should be Sandy Accountra, in my opinion, but I think I'm good. Be.
0: I think I'm good skipping pitchers in the first round. Maybe I me might too. just skip pitchers for the first four or five rounds. But well, let's take a look not, in the second.
1: Not round. really, not no? really. I probably in the second round you should pick your best pitcher.
0: Okay, uh, is Corbin uh, Burns then? Is that your guy? Is that the guy you're picking first as your first pitcher, Corbin Burns? Yes uh, or no? Let
1: me see. Let me let me confirm. Let me confirm
0: because <laughs> otherwise Max Scherzer. And
1: yeah, Justin I'm concerned. I'm concerned with Scherzer and Berlander's. Take the and Grom we, then. No, nah, the Grom, the <laughs> Grom will pitch you probably ten games only. <laughs> Again, so I'm 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 too concerned with his health, also. So because my he, answer is he's slides no, uh, out. So.
0: Yeah, but my answer is no to all of these guys. Like, no, nah, I, I, it might bite yeah, me I'm, in the ass later, but I think I at this point in December of 2022, I don't want to pick any of those guys as my number one pitcher. I rather just focus I, on hitters.
1: I mean, I would probably pick Colvin Burns. If that's like if if I was the end of the round in that in the second round, I'll probably go with Colvin Burns. But i yeah, not getting if, there. Yeah. But if if it's not that, like if it doesn't fall that that bad, I'll probably focus on my heading. All right.
0: Those first two rounds. So so the answer is no, because even the Colvin Burns thing, it comes with caveat like, well, only if it's at the end of the second round, not the first. Correct. So, yeah. By the way, Jordan Alvarez is the pick here. I mean. This guy, I mean, you, you keep saying that Shohei Otani is the number two hitter. I disagree. I think Jordan Alvarez was, even though according to my selfish speaking,
1: I I think and I think Jordan Alvarez, he was picked too low. I think he should have been a first rounder.
0: Yeah, that would have. Been, if he's not a first rounder this year, then he's never going to be a first rounder because uh, he. I mean, you saw it in the World Series, man. he he, he ripped the crap out of the ball. In the playoffs and and throughout the year, and he was my number two hitter. Not Shohei Otani. he was the second best hitter in the American League. Uh, to him. if Aaron Judge doesn't exist, you're, we're talking Jordan Alvarez MVP winner, even though he's a designated hitter, oh, but he wow. plays on he plays on outfield. Yeah, the numbers show, man. The numbers show that he really
1: and I don't disagree with that, but wow, I I I, I still I I still believe Shohei Otani, but Jordan Alvarez probably is. Closer to Shohei than people think about, like or no, even you put him second, so
0: no, he's he's way ahead. I think he's a better hitter. The, the advantage that Shohei Otani has is that he can pitch, and if you're in a daily league, that's that's crucial because when he pitches, he he pitches like sound. I've turned around on the Shohei Otani thing uh, lately, so I used to be one of those. Well, he only pitches like every six games, so because I mostly play weekly leagues, so, yeah, uh, you know it, it sucks as your lineup sets on Mondays. So he's not going to get you at two starts at any point. So that's very frustrating. But yeah, you know what? Justin Verlander owners were not complaining about that. He pitched every six. He he was in a six man rotation all year long because of the uh, he was recovering from Tommy John surgery. So, uh, so if if it's good enough for Justin Verlander, it should be good enough for Shohei Otani. But the problem is that you you in the back of your mind, it's a psychological thing, right, uh, Angel? Like you put him as a pitcher, but in the back of mind, if in a weekly league, you're always going to be thinking about Shohei as man he should really be in my hitting lineup right now not my pitching yeah. lineup in my hitting lineup cuz that's correct so and that's always going to mess with your head right but at any rate if you just want a pure hitter just pure hitter with no strings attached very consistent on a really good team a very good hitting team team who uh, uh, with a bunch of guys who know how to get on base your now versus your guy man that's that's the dude right there i think
1: I mean, I'm, I'm think you're swaying me a little bit more <laughs> with your, with your pitch, uh-huh. But I, I, in a daily, I'm, let's just agree with this. In a daily league, Shohei Otani takes. Of bat, course, yeah, yeah. But in a in a weekly league, I can see the reasoning that Jordan Alvarez should be the pick before Shohei. All
0: right, so there it is. Uh, oh, so actually, Paul Goldsmith is the second best hitter, but not by much. Uh, Jordan Alvarez was number three, but number two in the American League. And no one is even close to him except for Jose Altuve, uh, his teammate. But yeah, thirty-three points versus twenty-one points. This is based off the met these four metrics that I use. They're both the rate stats and and cumulative stats. Jaron Alvarez was basically the number the number two header in the American League, uh, behind Aaron Judge. Shohei Otani, number sixteen, and dead oh, wow. last on this list. Yeah, and, and then Julio Rodriguez too. So we we're talking about two guys who were uh, first round picks. Uh, at the bottom of this list. So just I depends. I can't believe
1: John D. Diaz is there.
0: Yanni Diaz is there. Yeah. To my surprise, he got two points for his troubles for the WRC plus. So uh the all yeah so basically all things equal. Yanni Diaz is a top 15 hitter. And I can already hear ah this is bullshit. This is why we don't listen to you, Felipe. But hey
1: as a race man, you know that's uh, uh, you can't <laughs> hey listen man, the numbers so. are the numbers man. The numbers <laughs> are the
0: numbers okay <laughs> I, I i this is this is him performing this is not me this is not me making things up yanni diaz finished eighth in wrc plus last year Shohei tiny finished 10th in wrc plus the uh non-rate stat the, the that's just the cumulative stat
1: yeah
0: and this and these four stats think that aaron judge is by far the best hitter of 2022
1: but not I too think... go ahead and by the no, Paul I, I was going to we are going to go to Paul Goldschmidt. He was picked number 22 in the in the draft.
0: Well, let's get back to it then. Uh, I should have kept that. Would but... you
1: pick would you pick Julio over Paul Goldschmidt?
0: Julio Rodriguez? Yes. Oh yeah. I think so. Just uh, I'm I'm am a youth guy as you know. I, I I I mean put it this way, Paul Goldschmidt, you know what you're getting. That's fine. That's fantastic. But he's also going to be a year older and let's not pretend that he did struggle for a, for a sure. bit there okay. be, before the season, there's a reason for that. And, you know, Paul Goldschmidt's going to go down as one of the better hitters of this generation of this, of this era of baseball, because he has that ability to adjust, but eventually, you know, father time is undefeated. I think he's going to be 34, 35 this year. I think, let me double check that for you. You'll see. And, you know, he's still projected to be one of the elite hitters according to steamer, but, um, you know, 29 home runs, 95 RBI, I think you'll live with that. But I think it's too enticing to pass up on a guy like Julio who can get you a thirty, maybe possibly a 30-30 season. And the one thing, uh, knock against Julio, is he swings too much, but there's a reason why he can swing so much because he does have that natural athletic ability to do so. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, 35 next year. So we're freaking out about nice all... Concern. Well, we're freaking out about all these long-term contracts, Angel. Like, oh, this—why is this guy getting 13 years? Why is that guy getting 15 years? Why is that guy getting 11 years? He's gonna be 35 in the next two years. What the hell are they thinking? Well, Paul Goldsman's already 35, and no one bats an eye. No one's concerned, yeah. and and for good reason. But still, 35 is still 35. Uh mm-hmm. Anyway, uh Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, I think he's too low here. Uh, so, wow. Shohei Otani and Bobby Witt Jr. on the same team. So, <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's
1: that's a that's, cheap, that's a cheap code.
0: Well, that's too wild for me, man. I can't do that. I can't. I would like to have a little bit more of a stability. I think whoever got Jordan Alvarez, so 15 and Saniel Contra, I think that's a better combination.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so far. Uh, and then who else would be a good one? Vladimir. Guer- oh, no, see, I can't do math at this point. So what would be 18? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So Garrett Cole and, and, and uh, Vladimir Guerrero mm. on the same team.
1: Mm. That's
0: not too bad. Yeah, it's not bad, but. you're not Uh, not impressed by it i'm
1: I'm not a big gary cole guy so mike trout uh
0: finished us off the second round i know that there's injuries concerns i know that chronic back issues it's still mike trout though and i don't know
1: he went he went last year in our league second round too
0: yeah so so it wasn't
1: like it's his first time we're we're seeing it's not the demise of mike trout but People are really, really concerned with his self issues.
0: Yeah, and the concern, and he falls to the second round, you know. But still, I, nah. I think I, I, I think I would Ooh. chase that over Jose Altuve, Paul Goldschmidt, maybe not so much oh, Ronald yeah. Cunha because I love Ronald Cunha. I would definitely take Mike Trout over any of these other pitchers that got selected here.
1: Like <laughs> yeah, that for sure. But yeah, uh, we're talking about like a guy that was a consensus first pick all around the all around every.
0: Well, uh, who, who's picking here? Oh, that's the that's the fan. That's the fan picking. So so far, he has yes, Aaron Judge, Judge and, and, Mike, and Trout Mike Trout championship,
1: <laughs> and Fernando Tatis. Ah, Tatis also has suspension too lingering. So I don't know how, how he'll bounce back. Twenty or forty that. games.
0: Yeah, he but sh- then like
1: you got you got to deal with the backlash of everything that's been going on. Maybe ah. mentally. I
0: think he's chopping that the bit. I mean, well, I'll put it this way. Fernando Tatis or Boba Oh,
1: Um eh. Fernando Tatis, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want the the so-called safe pick and, and a cha- and, and, and you know the other thing Angel I got to keep remembering reminding myself is no more shifts next year. I mean, there's still going to be uh some True. semblance of the shift, but it's not going to be those extreme shifts that people are going accustomed to, to. I forgot exactly what the rules are, but Yeah, you
1: cannot be you cannot be on the outfield and over the second base when the ball is pitched. Oh
0: I mean, some they could shed's gonna have a field day then.
1: Yeah I mean he's they're still gonna shift a little bit but it's not gonna be crazy as like three infielders and the first baseman in the middle of the left field <laughs> the left side of the field.
0: Right um, right so let's see here Bo Bichette, how, what was see that's the thing we got to look into as well angel is like who who hit the ball up the middle. And I believe that there is a stat on fan guys that we can look at to see. I'm just double-checking. Oh, yeah, center. Uh, Bo Bichette is a guy who tends to hit a lot of balls up the middle. Uh, so he has a 29% pull rate, 33% opposite rate, and a 36.9% center rate. Uh, that would benefit him. I, I would assume so. I mean, well, let's see. How does that affect any everybody else in Major League Baseball? So, uh, let's see. Let's go. Let's let's say let's say 400 plate appearances. 400 plate appearances minimum is the qualifier, just for giggles. And we go on my other screen. We go to the bat of ball data, and we click on center, the center rate to see who actually led the league in that category. If it could. there we go. Uh, Alex Verdugo, forty two point three percent, over the middle. Yep. Center, center rate. Yep. Uh, Andrew Benintendi. So Alex Verdugo, Andrew Benintendi, same guys, same hitters, lefties, uh, punch and Judy hitters can get a lot of contact. Uh, Kebrian Hayes, a lot of balls up the middle. So people are wondering, why is Kebrian Hayes struggling so much? Maybe that's part of it.
1: Yeah, he's being shifted too. on. Uh, I mean, Jen- he's, a, he's, he's a hell of a defensive player. Yep. So maybe this will up its value so the Pirates can trade him to the for the cheapest option. So. Also, on this race. list
0: at number 15, uh, 16, actually, Bobby Witt Jr., who we just talked about, so maybe there's yeah. a method, maybe that's why he should go in the second round. So, I was re-
1: a little bit concerned with Bobby Witt, but I guess you can tell also that he's a really speedy guy. He had 21 stolen bases last year, I believe. yeah, yeah, but it's a points so, league though, so I mean, 21 points from stolen bases is still good enough than nothing.
0: Oh, there were two points in my league, so <laughs> you got 40
1: points. 42 points there that's almost an average yeah. of 2 point sets per
0: plus so whatever points you can get national. for triples as for whatever points you can get for triples as well so 3 yeah. points for triples so yeah there's a lot of guys who should benefit theoretically speaking even Juan Soto who you uh, were kind of uh reluctant to pick this year 38 percent up the middle rate so yeah. he might benefit I mean, Juan
1: Soto's more of a contact guy so yeah. I can I can see him benefiting from this but I'm still yep. concerned also, I, I still, I believe San Diego is more of a pitcher's park, correct?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I have to look at the league uh, factors again, the ballpark factors again. But they did move the, f- the fences in like several years ago, but I don't know if it's, it, hey, listen, put it this way. It doesn't stop Manny Machado from producing, right? Yeah. Fernando Tatis, when he's healthy, he produces. So let's ask
1: but you. right-handers.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: Question and for they you. Moved, so- they moved the left field, so. That
0: that would make sense, but let me ask you a question. Should, so now we're talking about three shortstop: Bobby Witt Jr., Fernando Tatis, and Bo Bichette. Uh, okay. All, all, you know. And by the way, these are all sons of former major league players. I just want to point that out. But who's your number one shortstop of, of those three?
1: If he's available right now, like he's playing,
0: yeah, for next season.
1: Okay. So
0: uh, this is March More of 2023.
1: Fernando
0: Tatis. Okay, there you go. I think I'm going to go with Bo Bichette. I, I just love the kid. But I also like, I like all three of these guys, but if I got to pick one, I think Boba might be the safer pick of the three. Um,
1: yeah, that's, yeah, and, and that's, what I, that's what I meant. Like, if Fernando Tatis got to go with a suspension to start the season, so my next pick would have been Bo Bichette. But, I mean, the higher offset is Fernando Tatis. You've seen his production when he's on the field. Maybe a defensive liability a bit, but offensively is one of the, most electrifying players that you can see on the on the on the box so
0: by the way quick shout out to randy and jim from uh rhode island hope you guys are staying warm and the blizzards aren't too bad thanks for tuning in for even for a little spit here this morning as we talk some hot stove what is it hot stove fantasy baseball stove i don't know something but yeah talking some uh, hot hot stove baseball hot stove baseball. anyway uh <laughs> we go back to our pitching question aaronola shay mcclanahan dylan sees brandon Woodruff, any of those guys do it for you? Shane Bieber as well. Any of those guys do it for you in this round?
1: I mean, I'm I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan. I I still have questions. Shane McInerney on the third round.
0: I, I think I'd still skip any of these pitchers.
1: Yeah. So like, even I have questions. Like, I don't. I want to pick Aronola. I mm-hmm. Dylan Sees, He had a really bounce back, a really nice season last year. I don't know if I would pick him on the third round. Shane Bieber. Uh, he was inside John on the pandemic season. He's been mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, spotty at times in the last two seasons. Brandon Woodruff is consistent. I still wouldn't pick him either. I think the only one that has an upside is Shane McCly- McClanahan.
0: And even he comes and to risk.
1: and he comes in not only injury, but he struggled in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah, I think he so, was being overworked as well. And those are some tough matchups. And hopefully the new unbalanced schedule. Supposedly they're gonna to go to an un uh uh more of a balance, sorry, more of a balanced yeah. schedule. So no, they're gonna
1: play every team in the league. Yes.
0: Perfect. So, but the last image I have of Shane McClanahan was him warming up. And then the next thing you know, he's grabbing onto his left, his throwing shoulder, his left shoulder in pain. So I still remember that. So I might just avoid him altogether. Dylan Sees has a high upside. Shane Bieber might be the safe side, but still Dylan Sees comes with lots of baggage, plays on a crappy White Sox team there. I said it, even though I'm wearing my White Sox set, I don't care. It's a crappy White Sox team. And command issues are always going to be a problem. He he, he did a little bit better of a job last year of controlling his walks, but it's still going to be a problem with him because it's not enough. I mean, he is one of the wilder pitchers as far as uh, keeping his walks in control among the elite pitchers. It's kind of concerning. And Shane Bieber might be the safe pick of them, but it's not enough for me to, oh man, I can't wait to get my first pitcher in the third round. I think I still want to wait. And go with the boba Bichettes of the world. And maybe even the Pete Alonzo's. Maybe that's when I pick my first baseman. Although I'm willing to uh, wait for my first baseman. Uh, what about Emmanuel Classe? First relief pitcher taken in this in in, in this draft. Is that too Ooh. early?
1: Ooh, relief really pitching? Um, in the third round? I mean, other than Diaz is the one after. So, that's
0: yeah. funny. Yeah, uh, back-to-back picks by that guy. Uh, who who but, would that be? I mean... That would be uh day funnel, I guess, from prospects fifteen hundred. So so everybody, so it's kind of the strategy I used last year in our league, Angel. Okay, so everybody's gonna go after starting pitchers. I'm just gonna focus on relief pitcher first. And that help you? So it did, but it's risky. It's risky. As I could pull it off, I don't know if anybody else could pull it off. It's it's risky. <laughs> uh, and then uh, excuse me, did you? Why did you <laughs> fart? Did you fart? You uh, so no. Emmanuel Clase and Edwin Diaz, interesting, those will probably be the one and two best relief pitchers in uh, in in the in, in fantasy circles next season. By the way, quick shout-out to Melvin, also a regular listener here tuning in this morning. Merry Christmas, my Poricua. brother. Boricua, Puerto Riquenio. Uh So, yeah, two best relief pitchers. But the, my, my strategy, and I don't know what you do, but my strategy is you at least want to get one of these top five, top six, top eight guys. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you just wait. True. Otherwise, you just wait. I, I would have been, I, you'd be, I'd be happy if I get a top 10, top 12 relief pitcher as well. Uh, but I
1: struggle and I struggled a lot last year. I went with a lot of starting pitching, which helped me a lot. But then on those, on those, on the saves category and the holds at the start of the season, I got, I struggled a lot. But then I realized that there were a lot of bargain free agents on the market that you could get for holds. Like so that's when I started dominating for the holds the whole strategy.
0: Right. Um, and, and, and you know, Guardians have a lot of bullpen guys that can step in and they and Francona, Terry Francona might decide maybe we should use Class A. As a setup. As a setup or, or a firearm, like six inning guy, you know, oh man, we were up by two runs but the bases are loaded. Let's bring in Class A. Luckily,
1: I but I, I don't think, I don't think Class A should be used. I mean, Class A is dominant in the 90s.
0: So,
1: I don't think that, that should change the strategy.
0: But, it's still risky because as you know, the relief pitching is very volatile. It's yeah. very it's it's not a steady. Maybe Edwin Diaz could be that steady guy. Maybe class 8 as well, but it just seems class like it's been more
1: steady for the last two years.
0: Right. It just seems like it's more of a luxury than an actual um uh what do you call it? Than an actual uh, reasonable thing to do here. I think you have to concentrate on other positions. Now you gotta this guy has to wait another. 36 24 picks or whatever 25 picks for his next picks and that means in round four that means he still lacks a lot of hitters and he probably doesn't have any um doesn't have a lot of uh uh, starting pitchers either but let's uh you know what let's do that right now let's take a quick look at and i assume it's this guy named funnel there it is okay so he got otani bobby witt emmanuel classe and edwin diaz and then he proceeds to get two more starting pitchers so
1: Luis, Luis Castillo and I thought it was Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray oh Robbie Ray
0: yeah so I'm not liking his hitters a lot but he has pitchers so good for him but I'm not liking his hitting lineup so far All right let's go back to the fourth round Nolan Aronado is uh right after Edwin Diaz uh but yeah since we've uh Are you a
1: hater of Ro- Nolan Aronado
0: like I've, a lot of I, people. I've I've uh, he's shown enough where I'm like okay maybe maybe he's real maybe maybe it is real maybe <laughs> maybe, 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 uh, maybe I should stop questioning him uh uh too much I just think a, a lot of it has to do with people having this uh highlight mentality like they see this guy in the highlights every night and they it, it kind of uh superimposes their, their and their perception of what Nolan Aronado, uh, what Nolan Aronado is uh is he fourth round good? not in my book. I don't think I I don't think I would. I mean Alex Bregman you can probably say he might be better than Nolan Arenado. I'll ask you Nolan Aronado or, or Alex Bregman in this round.
1: My opinion, I'm a big Nolan Arenado guy. I go uh-huh. with Nolan or And Alex Bregman is not struggling, but he hasn't been up to the production when he was in 2019, I believe. He was in the MVP conversations. Mm-hmm. That's that's worrisome to me a little, just a little bit. It's not even Not even like a big gap between Arenado and Bregman. I just feel like Arenado was in the MVP discussions last year. Bregman was a solid, really good hitter on a really stacked Astros lineup. So,
0: yeah. And I think uh, uh, Arenado has done a good job of adjusting. Like, you know, the team wants him to hit more home runs, and usually he's a cleanup hitter. And he yeah. does. He hits more fly balls. I, it, the numbers show that he hits a lot of fly balls, and, and it's worked in that ballpark. So he's had to adjust. And he was already adjusting Colorado a little bit where he was trying to hit more fly yeah. balls. Alex Bregman is a line drive hitter, um, and that's what he is. He's he's okay with that. And, and again, this is another he's, one he's where –
1: he's, he's a shortstop converted to third base from college. So
0: Yeah, but, I mean, third base. I mean, he's a third baseman at this point. And, and according to Steamer, it's going to be Jose Ramirez arenado and Bregman, number one two three uh in terms of what well, how is this listed that doesn't look oh I, according to war so manny machado number four <laughs> so i guess we should look at an, an offensive stat then and let's go with woba waited on base average and it's they got austin riley rafael devers alex Bregman, and then yandy Diaz, at number four jose ramirez at number f- jose ramirez at number five number six is nolan arenado manny machado at number seven and I don't yeah, so according to this woba, Bregman is supposed to finish ahead of Arenado by at least 10 points in Woba. So
1: Yeah. Basically we can stay like if you want a more pop on your on your on your third base position, you can go with Nolan Arenado if you want more consistency as like hits and doubles and stuff. Maybe Bregman is your it's your safe choice to go there.
0: So. all right. So, let's see. Let's go back to our pitching debate. Rod- Carlos Rodon, Julio Urias, Spencer Strider, Framber Valdez. Any of those pitchers do it for you if you're going with the strategy that you're not going to draft a starting pitcher anytime soon.
1: Okay, I got a question. Carlos Rodon or Julio Urias?
0: Oh, it's Urias, man. Mexico all the way, man. Mexico all the way. That
1: doesn't – that's what I'm saying. doesn't make sense why you pick Rodon so high.
0: Probably a Yankee thing. But then Urias – plays on a good team himself, so I don't know. Rodan did have a great year last year. I, mean, I, I will give him that, but there's I, a lot of concerns I, with him.
1: I think he pitched on a pitcher's ballpark too. Oh yeah. So I don't I don't I mean you go to Yankee Stadium, where basically it's more it's more inclined to opposite up um, opposite field hitting for righties and pole hitting for lefties on that close on the close wall on the left on the right field side. So I don't know if that will benefit, that will hurt him a lot. Mm -hmm. But I'm really concerned about he, him switching ballparks at this point.
0: It is a concern. It is a concern, and that's why Rios. Even though maybe maybe people think it was an underwhelming year for him, uh, he's still a steady, he's still a darn good pitcher. And And,
1: I mean, if if this was his underwhelming year, oh Jesus, (laughs) I want him. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well the Unwarnable. concern with him I, I think the other concern with him is that he'll be pitching the world baseball classic so we still oh, don't true. uh last i checked now things might have changed since then but uh that it's i don't know what that does to starting pitchers when they do that so but uh yeah like you said if that's his downfall then then maybe it's time to think of uh, 2023 as a bounce back here. But my guy, uh, there's two guys I would probably pick here. Maybe not so much Spencer Strider, but you know me. Remember, and I'm a big Valdez fan. And maybe this is the spot where I draft a pitcher in the fourth round, which last year, that and would you not did
1: last year, case. And yeah, you did was, last year.
0: Valdez was picked super late, though. I think I got him like in the ninth round or some crap like that. I'll have to double check. But that was super late, later than I – I mean, I drafted Class A as my first pitcher <laughs> last year just because you guys kept <laughs> – gobbling up all the starting pitchers last year um but yeah framer valdez uh this is where i'm like hey maybe this is the round where these hitters don't do anything for me but framer valdez does a lot for me in this at this rate um so i think valdez is the guy if i gotta go for a hitter in this round this fourth round that shows up on the screen here again if you're watching on facebook uh, you could see it by uh but sh- because i'm sharing my screen and if you're on youtube uh go check out if you're not on youtube go check out youtube pages i will upload this over there as well. But I think the guy I, I'm intrigued to get is Michael Harris, the second.
1: Wow. Yeah. Really?
0: I, I, yeah. He's one of the guys that we, uh, Sean and I, we, we, we uh, spotlighted in one of our very first uh, prospects shows and of the 2022 season. And even though he was in double A, we, I, I was like, Hey, you know what? We, the Braves might have something here. There's a reason why they were it, were more than happy to get a, get rid of Christian Pache and, and just utilize Michael Harris a second. And again, this guy was in double A. And then the injury started happening to the Braves. They got off to a slow start and they started bringing up Michael Harris a second. And that basically turned around their season. And and, and uh, along with Spencer Strider and uh, Vaughn Grisham and all those guys. So, so yeah, I, I can't wait to see what, what Michael Harris a second does for an encore. It might be a thing of uh, there's just too much unproven commodity with Michael Harris, but it might, it might you know.
1: Power speed a,
0: combination, man. Power speed a, combination. I think
1: it's a high speed, high risk, high reward type of pick on this on this point.
0: Oh, I disagree. I don't think there's that much risk. I don't think there's oh, that knows? much risk. Who knows?
1: the sophomore slump we were talking about earlier? I Can think he has
0: that? I think he has a good enough approach. And I, I know the strikeouts are high. He doesn't walk a lot, but I think he has an, a good enough approach. And again, no more uh, shift. At least no more extreme shift. True. Uh, let's We're see, game. plate info. Yeah, he does swing a lot, but he makes in contact. inside the strike zone 87.5% inside the strike zone contact rate. Well, that's the pitch info. Either way, still, I think it's good enough where uh he should still be productive and give you a 25-25 season next year.
1: Okay. Not I agree. A, I can agree with that.
0: Yeah, and, and and now you might say, Well, it's a points league, Felipe. So is that still hold true? I mean, Maybe, maybe that, that maybe I, I, in a points league, I might hesitate now that I think about it. But it's still intriguing. I still want to see if he can, uh, what he does is for an encore. And I'm looking at the minor league numbers. And yeah, he, in the minor leagues, he was able to control his strikeouts and still hit with, get on base a lot and hit with some authority as well. So, uh, especially in double A where it's supposed to be more challenging for the kid and he just excels, I think. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. Plus, obviously, there's bias there as well because you know that's my guy. Uh, fifth round now, Angel. First, can we agree that Josh Hader is a very perplexing pick here?
1: What way? <laughs> uh, like, really shocking as really shocking as in like it wasn't expected, or
0: uh, and that might be too early for him. And I think I think if I'm not mistaken, let me just go check who's picking number one. Doug Rowe. Row, Row v Wade. No, Row, Row, Row your boat. Um, come on, do it, do it, do it, do it. I think this guy is picking nothing age? but relief pitchers.
1: No, he doesn't. This is his first pitcher.
0: Oh, okay, so I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. Oh, the other guy. Oh, it was the other guy who was picking. Never mind, my yeah. bad. All right, let's go back to the fifth round then. My bad. I mean, he, Sorry, is, he,
1: is he the, and in, in this case, is he the best, is he the third best relief pitcher in the league think, right now? Um, I think...
0: I think I think it doesn't matter. I think I think you hold off. I know okay. saves are important because they're ten points each, but we we see it all the time. man. I mean, Daniel Bard is always available. Guys like him are always available. And last year, I think I finished with—I don't think I fin- in my points league. I don't think I finished with the guy I drafted to be my saves guy. Okay. Yeah. And he, uh, maybe I, I in the even in my uh, categories leagues. Yeah, for every Emmanuel Classe. My relief court, yeah, as good as I am about picking relief pitchers in the drafts, m- my relief court was m- basically a, a, a makeshift of waiver wire guys who stepped up in the last season. So, like I said, you want one of those guys, but Josh Hader comes with a lot of red flags. and The struggles, uh, the la- the fact that in mind, in his cool. mind, he still doesn't have a long-term extension still. So that's cool. a concern. So that's, yeah. my, that's my concern with that guy. Um, I,
1: I honestly look really, really steady. I mean, Josh Hader struggled mightily in the middle of the season last year. But it, as far as consistency, Josh Hader has been consistent for what the last three, four years as one of the top tier relief pitching in the league. Right. I, I, I understand the risk, the risk, high risk, high reward here. I wouldn't have done it. But I'm not opposed to that somebody else does it like you here right now. Like, okay, I, I get what you're saying. They pick class A, they pick um Diaz, saves are ten points. I gotta I gotta assure myself at least that I'm gonna get some save points every yeah. Day.
0: So. And, and that's understandable, but I, I don't know. I just feel like well, me personally, I feel like I can just grab whatever from the waiver wire. Uh, yeah. if I'm if I don't get class A and Diaz, I, I might I might just skip saves altogether. is my it's my mentality here. Not 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 skip them,
1: but just hold off. I, I, I get what you're saying. Get what you're saying. You can go. You can you can burn the waiver wire, and you can go later yeah. picks that are kind of underrated. Because terms,
0: yeah, and I don't know what the what the rankings are right now, but right now, according to Steamer projections, you got Class A, Diaz, Camilo Delval, Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, Jordan Romano, David Bednar, Ryan Helsley, Ryan Presley, Raisel Iglesias, all finishing about thirty saves and then Felix Bautista yeah. might get 29 uh, I'm sorry I'd rather have Felix Bautista at this point yeah. he'd be cheaper
1: I, uh, I, I agree with that like you can you can find a, a really reliable release pitcher later on
0: Yeah, uh, and then I was still you know maybe George Springer is not a good example but man, I think I would get Zach Wheeler over Josh Hader Alec Manoa over Josh Hader, Zach Yellen over Josh Hader, Cedric Mullins over Josh Hader, and maybe the question yeah. mark is Josh Hader, or Drew Darvish. Maybe, maybe that's when I decide that Josh Hader is a better player. Uh, Bryce, Bryce Harper. Uh, well, he's not, uh, apparently he's going to be out for a while, so maybe not. And it looks
1: three? like he's. Uh, I think I, I, think I, I will pick mudo Muto, but free uh, catcher might be
0: too soon still for me i think i'm i, I might hold off hey, on catcher
1: catcher is well. really good honestly.
0: i know it is i know but i'm targeting a certain guy i'm targeting Come a certain guy
1: Var again oh
0: you know me man i love <laughs> me some dalton var show i <laughs> love dalton var show brother
1: he's, he's really flexible i, I can i can understand. yeah
0: i love you know i nothing nothing makes me happier than seeing than getting a guy who's catcher eligible who doesn't play catcher
1: <laughs> maybe 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 cbs maybe cbs or espn will realize yeah we're giving too much slack to these guys He's are not building for now
0: so I, I guess josh Hader over you darvish and bryce harper makes sense maybe but still i don't know it's just i mean i hesitantly go with max free just because he's on a good team and he can hold his own and um, i always every time i question these brace pitchers they always uh you know stick it in my Up face outperform my expectations. Thank you. Uh, Kevin Gossman, uh, I would always, you know me, I'm the biggest Kevin Gossman fan, and he's proven that he can hold his own in Toronto. So even Robbie Ray is not too bad. I like Robbie Ray. Uh if he I actually if he...
1: had Robbie Ray and Kevin Gossman last year. Oh,
0: look but at you, Robbie man. Ray
1: Robbie Ray was ah, he Kevin Gossman for me was the clear pick. But Robbie Ray was my first pitcher off the board. It was kind of like it was underwhelming at best. But well, he still performed. He still yeah, performed. He, he'll
0: get you wins. And he'll get you lots of strikeouts. You just have to uh, temper your expectations. Maybe in the fifth round, it's too early. I would have gone with Luis Castillo over Robbie Ray. Uh, maybe Joe Musgrove. Ah, See, Joe Musgrove, he's a, sta- a, a, a safe floor guy, but he has a limited ceiling. Whereas Robbie Ray, because yeah. uh, he can, Robbie Ray can pump up the strikeouts that Joe Musgrove cannot do. So in that regard, even Logan Webb is a safer pick. But yeah. still, I feel like he has limited upside compared to Robbie Ray. Uh, who else is on this pick? Any other starting pitchers? Clayton Kershaw. No, after that is the
1: seven round is Christian Javier I mean, That's that round. Mackenzie, which Mackenzie Mackenzie is really enticing. So maybe
0: uh, maybe yeah, I think you were you would have been better off not picking Robbie Ray. I mean I mean Luis Castillo. I mean it goes Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo go back go back to back picks, so it's to the same team. But I think I would have done Luis Castillo and then maybe uh, uh, get a hitter. Like Gunnar Henderson, think, that's gonna be my guy. Or even Luis Robert, who if he's healthy, uh he can put a 30-30 season at the at the very end uh,
1: abs- I know you're a big Chicago White Sox fan. Luis oh, Robert.
0: A, nothing to do with that, man.
1: <laughs> no, I know, I know. A little but, bit, but not not a, not, <laughs> not all of it. Well more more likely, I think his health woes are really, really concerning on this one with Luis Robert. I want Yeah, be. yeah, it's it's uh it's, it's one a of high, those it's a, that's that's one of the high risk, high rewards type of guy. If Absolutely. If he plays all season, ooh, you're gonna be the steal. I had him before on other on other leagues, but then he gets injured and you gotta find a uh lower lower tier outfielder to replace him and your all your expectations just get plummeted down to
0: drain. I completely get it. I completely get it. And uh but I just look back at his minor league numbers, he's always improving. Uh even here he's improving. I mean he's keeps dropping his strikeout rate. Every single year that he's been healthy and, you know, he's shown uh, an ability to just continue to adjust because the big thing about him is if you just throw him breaking pitches away, he'll just swing at everything. But, uh, uh, you know, his contact rate has improved since his rookie year. Uh, his outside the strike zone contact rate has also improved. So if that's the case for a guy who swings at a lot of pitches and he still makes a lot of decent amount of contact outside the strike zone, uh, that's a dangerous hitter right there. Does he hack a lot of pitches? Sure. But when he connects, <laughs> when he connects, though, uh, I mean, you, you, it's one of those where you can hear, you can hear the smoke coming out of the bat when, when he hits. So I still believe the, in him. Go ahead.
1: One of the most underrated picks is the one after him. I believe he's been really reliable. And even as a Grace fan, like I bias aside, Randy Arosarina will give you production, a really great production. He steals bases, he gets 20 plus homers per year. He drives in a RBIs where a guy that steals bases, pretty good enough. I believe I believe between Robert and Rosarina, the same perfect is a Rosarino. But the upside for sure is Luis Robert.
0: It's a good point of putting it. Yeah. And I had Arizona in my points league, and he was very frustrating to have, but I didn't give up on him in the first half. And in the second half, he just kind of uh went on a tear. Exploded. He exploded. Yeah. So I just need more consistency from him. His strikeout rate did drop. No more ship next year. So hopefully that that should bode well for him. But the guy I'm 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 probably targeting here, besides Luis Castillo, is Gunnar Henderson for sure. Uh that's that's the he guy has a lot of upside. A lot of you know how I feel about upside. It does translate into baseball as well. Uh, in terms of my uh my fantasy uh a tendency, so to speak, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. Let's quickly move on. As uh, let's go seventh round. Uh, give me a player that you're excited about in this round. Um, by by the way, mine is Christian Javier. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong with a Houston Astros uh with a oh, Houston Astros starting pitcher. Yeah.
1: I'm really sad about Anthony Rushman. Oh yeah, I think I think a guy that can DH and play catcher, same thing as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Play, for, I think he played first base a little bit last year too. Like they can slot him on first base. It's a great pick, and he's a really great. I mean, in terms of catching wise, he's a really good catcher. Like he knows how to command the strike zone and everything. But that doesn't really correlate to fantasy a lot because we don't focus on fielding. But in terms of hitting, he was. I, I picked him up from the from the free agency. He was undrafted last year. He was the he was probably one of the top ten catchers on our league last year. So crazy. So uh, like, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Like I, I would say, like from all the catchers that I had, like I had a lot of catchers that got injured. Yep. He was probably the best pickup I had from free agency last year. So
0: oh free agent? Wow, that's I want to be in your league.
1: <laughs> you were that's in my a,
0: league. That's a is that the same league that we were in?
1: Yeah, he was. Oh, he was, he was a free
0: agent. Yeah, I I, I guess I guess. why I, would you pick a catcher? I, under, right? I, understood, uh, I
1: understood. He was in Triple A when they leaked. He was in Triple A when it started.
0: Sorry, so, I, I'm in I'm in two keeper leagues. So a guy like Adley Rushman, he's never available. So, yeah, no, but in a in a redraft league though, that that's definitely uh you could get away with that a little bit. Uh, so I guess we're gonna go uh, back and forth. So you you gave me a guy you like, a guy that I don't like in this round, Trevor Story. Uh, wow. I i and I I looked at who else was available at second base, and I think yeah, you could have waited, uh, and and then look at the guys who are available. Even Carlos Correa is a better pick, even though we don't know what team right now. He's listed at San Francisco. That, that's how old. It's from ten days ago. So and we don't know what team is gonna play for. Maybe he will stick with the Mets. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll go back to Minnesota. Maybe he'll be with the Yankees. Uh But.
1: Time Maybe will tell. He'll be a free agent because of injury reasons,
0: and as you can tell, Dan Swanson he's no longer with the Braves, he's with the Cubs now. So, uh, so yeah, but I, I would have picked those two guys, those two shortstops over Trevor story. Uh, yeah. even Jordan Romano, I mean, I talk about you know, waiting until relief pitcher. I, I think I would have waited, I would prefer getting Jordan Romano in the seventh round than whatever Josh Hader pick was in the previous round. Um, so yeah, uh, even you know, Tim Anderson might be drafted too early here, but all of these guys I believe are better options in trevor story but let's move on now give me a guy in the eighth round that you didn't like and i'll give him, i'll give you someone that i do like it's a lot of dead air man you can't be doing that but anyway i'll i'll, I'll start naming them and you tell me tommy Edman, vinnie pasquantino george kirby Stalin Marte, dalton Barstow, my guy uh, Adoles Garcia, Eloy Jimenez, Teoscar Hernandez, Max Muncy, Salvador Perez, Alejandro Kirk, Andres Jimenez.
1: Give me a guy you don't like in this list. Uh-oh. 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 Angel? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I not, thought I... I my, you, my, my, my internet freeze. So my oh, not. I thought it was me. Whew. No, you didn't. Did you give me Max
0: Muncy. Oh, yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, that's a good I, I, not liking pick. Sorry, a dislike. Good dislike. Yeah, I
1: I I I was a big Mets Muncie fan. Now I'm um, I'm so torn apart. Like this guy's this guy is so underwhelming at times. So
0: yeah, uh great skill set. It's just not translating. And he's all uh, yeah. we we should probably be a little bit more forgiving. He did he was recovering from surgery. I think he had Tommy John surgery, True. remember. He ripped his elbow, but he is a year older. He'll be 32 next year. Yeah, he'll be 32 next year. Um, so, yeah, if he's not posting the power numbers, what 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 exactly is he doing here? Uh, so that's a good point. That's actually – it's just too risky for me and just too risky. I, I agree with you. Guy I like, it, it's a lot. There's a lot of guys I like here. I right? already talked about Dalton <laughs> Marshall. Uh uh even Andres Jimenez, I think he he would have been a better choice than Trevor's story, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Um and then you know, it's between Vinny Pasquantino and George Kirby. I'm gonna go with George Kirby because I absolutely adore the guy. Uh, just a gr- great young pitcher. He be joined, doing his second year this upcoming season. Hopefully, the Mariners don't do the six-man rotation anymore. He comes with a great plethora of pitches, and he throws. It just seems like he throws all of them for strikes. Uh, he was among uh, the league leaders, if not the second best rookie pitcher in in our uh, in our rookie pitchers discussion from last week. That the one I did with Sean, and it just a lot of a lot of things, and, and, and you know, and the other thing is. Unlike the the Dylan Ceases of the world, Kirby uh, does not give up a lot of walks. He's oh, just yeah. a control freak, control artist. Just a well-rounded, well-polished guy. So I can't, I can't sing his praises enough. So, so uh, give me a, a Fran Valdez and George Kirby number one two punch, and I'll be happy. And <laughs> I can already hear people: "What the hell is that? That's so underwhelming, Felipe. You're such a, you're such a, you're such a hipster." Anyway, if there's you, another guy. When Logan you think Hill. think about
1: it. Go if, ahead. If yours Kirby and Fran Valdez are your one and two, which are pretty reliable and consistent, look at your then you you kind of like have to think that offense is going to either has to be the best of all time.
0: It, it was proven last year, man. It was proven last yeah. year. Famer Valdez and Logan Gilbert. It was my, the other, it was the example for last year, Logan yeah. Gilbert going number one in the ninth round. Uh, but yeah, my offense was killer. Aaron judge, Xander Bogart, Trace Turner. Um, who else was on that team? I, my infield was really stacked and now I can't remember my championship winning team, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I focus on offense and, Trusted my instincts on the back end for pitchers and it worked out. But let's flip the script here. Give me a guy you like in the ninth round.
1: I like Nestor Cortez. Of course you do. Of course I, you do I believe he's really reliable. Like in terms of winning quality starts. I mean in a in a categories league, it's quality starts, but in a point league, he'll give you the, enough necessary in this round. Some people probably already have one or two pitchers that are premium. This will be your third pitcher, and that's the best reliable thing to get. And even at your best pitcher, it's a pretty great pick, kind of like a Kirby and Ramberg Barless type of thing, in my opinion. So you, a you little know, bit other, less, a little bit less than Ramberg Barless, in my opinion. But it's really reliable, and as a first pitcher, I he see it to me last year. So
0: this is weird. I see a Cardinals catcher that is Nayar Molina, and and, and it's a Cubs catcher named Wilson Contreras that is gonna get some getting used to but a good segue to say good morning to my guy Jim from who's a big Cardinals fan from Missouri so thank you for tuning in for even if it's for 5 10 20 minutes whatever it is I know these episodes go long but that's why we have uh, uh, these versions available on all your podcasts favorite podcast platforms on iTunes Spotify uh, Stitcher and we're with this video will be uploaded on youtube but uh, wilson Contreras, not too shabby of a pig very under i think he's a very underrated catcher i know a lot of i know when i drafted him in our baseball life league aaron who's one of my league mates and one of the uh um one of the mainstays of the life groups here uh gave me so much garbage about oh you picked a guy who strikes out a lot yeah but he also is a very productive catcher and sure enough he was a very productive catcher so <laughs> uh but the guy so the guy i Oh wait, so you you gave me the guy you liked. The guy I don't like on this list. Oh man, see, I was ready to brag about Nate Lowe being selected as, as a guy that I liked. Um Shoot, Uh Kenley Jansen. I I'm sorry, dude. I can't do Kenley Jansen. No way. Yeah, can't.
1: I can't Kenley do it. Jansen that high. That's, I didn't even know this. That's Nate, so that's dumb.
0: a name bias, right? So let's let's look. I mean, maybe we're wrong. Who what? Are there any other relief pitchers? Rysell Iglesias. I mean. The Braves think that Rysel Iglesias should be better than, than Kelly Jansen, right? Is that what it is?
1: I mean, Rysel f- Iglesias struggle a lot on the Angels. That's true. Ryan Helsley, i I pick him over. Kelly Jansen is on the yeah. 11th round.
0: Yeah, I like Ryan Helsley. Oh, yeah, that's a good, much better pick there, I think. And it's two rounds later. Uh, yeah. What other relief? Felix Bautista, come on! Felix Bautista! Oh, yeah.
1: True. Wow, that was a bad pick. I don't like it. I don't like it.
0: Uh, who else is available as a relief pitcher? I mean, in my
1: opinion, my opinion at this point, I don't know if I'm just. I was a big guy. I'm Brian Buston. It's it's still it's still a ninth round, but he gets injured too much, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a risk, and, and it's a and it's a pattern too. It's a noticeable pattern. So yeah, there's other relief pitchers I would have selected were Kelly Johnson. Just to finish up that other conversation we got going Thank there, uh, and it, it, hell, it, if you don't want to look at relief pitchers, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know who this Masataka Yoshida guy is yet. I haven't looked too much into him. I think I would have rather picked him over Kenley Jansen. I already told you how much I like Wilson Contreras. Luis Severino is gonna be his first healthy season uh, back from Tommy John surgery, and he, he looked pretty good last year. All things considered, uh, Byron Buxton is a better pick. I'm sorry, yeah, injury riddle. But when he's healthy, he's one of the most explosive hitters in all of baseball. And Giancarlo Stanton, uh, that might be a wash, but Stanton, again, if he's healthy in Yankee Stadium, he's one of the most feared power hitters in all of Major League Baseball. So let's move on to the 10th round. Give me a guy you don't like in that 10th round, and I'll give you a guy that I like in this round.
1: Um, A guy I don't like. I'm torn between... I, I'll go with Freddy Peralta, even though I had him last year. He's injury real old, too. I, I'm just really concerned with future pitchers that, are, that have injuries that last more than 60 days. This yeah. consistency thing. So, Freddy yeah, Peralta I, probably have two, two more rounds and I'll wait for him. But.
0: <laughs> and I think it's to the point where I think the Brewers are ready to give up on him. Yeah. So, Same. yeah. And so that's 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 a good I, that was going to be my pick uh, for a guy I did not that I dislike, but a guy that I like. Uh, let's see here. Oh boy, it's some good, decent. I, some I, really I'm,
1: good picks here.
0: Very good picks. I mean, I'm looking at Brandon Nimmo. I'm looking at Reese Hoskins, Anthony Rizzo at first base. This is one awesome, of the reasons.
1: Dude.
0: This is one of the reasons I wait for first baseman because I can still get Reese Hoskins or Anthony Rizzo in the double digit rounds. But yeah. let's go with the upside guy. Let's go with Corbin Carroll. Uh, probably the prize of that diamondbacks rebuild as of right now uh good power from what i remember good power speed combination i'll 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 confirm if that is the case or not in just a second here i could have sworn he was a good power speed combination uh and it's a short sample size from last year with the diamondbacks oh but here we go Uh, oh yeah 80 speed and a 50 55 raw power number uh so then the power might not be there but the stolen bases could be so and also comes with a decent hit tool as well according to his uh uh fan graphs um uh, prospects grades uh how did he do once he got called up in terms of the plate discipline uh decently patient hitter who makes a decent amount of contact. so if that can you know if he can finally like, harness some of that raw ability and and and, and take advantage of his skill set we might have something he might have a 2020 guy in his second year in the league so so I'm excited about that. Let's move on to the oh, – sorry, so that was the 10th round. We'll move on to the 11th round. Now give me a guy you do like in this round, in the, in the 11th round.
1: 11th round. I mean, you already mentioned him, Felix Batista. I really like him. Um, yeah,
0: that's crazy. I know it's early, and things might have changed from 10 days ago, but Felix Batista going in the 11th round is just it's just insane to me. It's just really insane. If there's a guy you want to reach for as a relief pitcher. That's the guy. Felix yeah. Batista is, but that's that's just Felix me, Batista will be my pick. Good pick, guy. I is that the guy you like?
1: Right, I really like the. I like, I really like Felix Batista in terms okay. of like low risk, high reward. In my opinion, I think Nick Castellanos, like if he bounces back. He's mm-hmm. 11 round is not bad to pick him. So he's really like a low risk like you pick him later you already have a couple of infielders a couple of outfielders just to fill the last spot or even that just to have bench depth when they're when they're injured or something like that this got to a great
0: pick there all right the guy i don't like in this round this what's this what i say 11th round uh tyler anderson going to the angels i think that's another fool's gold situation and the angels are straight from central casting this being a los angeles team right hollywood central casting this is typical angels buying high on a, i mean I, you could say well the deal's not that bad but the deal is also for tyler anderson to help out immediately and i don't think he will on he's that guy yeah. he's a, uh, and uh, to his credit he's uh, done a good job of controlling his contact rates because i i'm surprised that they're not higher for a guy who doesn't strike out a lot of guys but I think that whatever it is that 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 was made him successful in Los Angeles with the Dodgers, he is not going to find that same success with the Angels. Um, I just don't see it. I, I think that's a one year uh, of good Tyler Anderson and be ready to uh, just get the worst of Tyler Anderson during the duration of that Angels contract. He'll be 32 next season. So I know I'm not the same guy who preaches that sometimes older pitchers, starting pitchers, older starting pitchers are better than younger starting pitchers, but in this case um, limited strikeouts, I mean, great control. I'll give him that much great control, but I just, and and, and you know what, to his credit, he, it's very hard to put good, put a good barrel on that, on any of his pitches. Cause I, I guess the movement that he creates is just so great that it really frustrates hitters. I just think that is, that is more of a, that is more of a of a, of an association being with the Dodgers last year than it is of him being a
1: gotcha.
0: getting that skill set. in all right, twelfth round. So a guy that you don't like. Who is it?
1: Don't mm. like. I. I mean, Chris Sale has been out for so long. Oof. I'm not big. I'm not big fan of him anymore. But I mean, still a like lower round. So. Not that bad, but from what I see here, it's the worst pick of all of these. So
0: Let's yeah. go back. Chris Sale or Hunter Green. By the way, Chris Sale and Hunter Green go to the same team, but assuming that it wouldn't have gone to the same team, would you have picked Chris Sale over Hunter Green here?
1: Um, Hunter Green has also injury concerns, but he's a really high strikeout guy too. Chris Sale is also getting older. So Hunter Green has a lot of upside too. What well, about
0: Jose Barrios over Chris Sale?
1: Jose Barrios has been more consistent up to this point.
0: Wow, that's saying a lot. Uh, Kodai Senga for the New York Mets. I believe he's the Japanese import, I think. Yeah. I, I, I haven't done my that's, research. That's a
1: Japanese. lot. I, I I believe there there should be like a little stop because you don't know exactly what you're bringing from how it correlate from Japan to the U.S. So.
0: But yeah. is he, would you pick him ahead of Chris Sale, though? That's the question.
1: Uh, I mean, is Chris Sale going to hit his... And again on a bicycle trip or something.
0: <laughs> I guess that answers that question. Uh Ranger Suarez or Joe Ryan over Chris Sale.
1: Joe Ryan, yes. Ranger Suarez.
0: Ooh, what about Pablo Lopez over Chris Sale?
1: Pablo well, Lopez has a lot of he's been more productive before. John Last Gray was a little bit. Uh John Gray will be uh healthier at the very least. Yeah, John Gray is pretty good, but I don't. Um, um, I could stop there in John Gray, but Joe, Joe Ryan and Pablo Lopez, I'll probably pick over Ranger Suarez too. So, okay.
0: Uh, going back, what round were we in? The 12th round, a guy that I like, Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, I mean, so there's a lot of good guys here, and, and it's not fair because I always mention Grayson Rodriguez in every podcast at this point, but yeah, uh, guys that are also worth uh, keeping an eye on Stephen Kwan, Jesus Lazardo. Jeff McNeil, maybe a bounce back from Chris Bryant. Nick Lodolo is definitely a guy I'm high on. Dustin May, he's going to be healthy. So that's just a quick recap on those guys. But Grayson Rodriguez is the one that stands out for me the most. Uh, And that's because I'm the biggest Grayson Rodriguez cheerleader of all time at this point. And uh, yeah, I wasn't excited about the Orioles last year. As you know, I I always badmouth the Orioles, but Grayson Rodriguez is the guy that And Gunnar Henderson as well, but Grace Rodriguez is the more I read about him, the more I watch him, the more I look into him, the more exciting, the more excited I get about him. So that's my guy. I know he's a rookie, but man, this could be one of those where love at first sight. But one of those like this is a rookie that you pick that makes all the difference in the world for you. Might be a little too high for some guys, for some owners, some uh, players in fantasy league circles, but he's. 12th round, if that's the cost for the guy, I, I might just have to... It depends where I have him on my, my rankings, but if that's the cost, I might just have to pull the trigger on that. Let's go to the 13th round. So I did one that I like. Why don't you give me someone that you like here in the 13th round? Okay, 13th round. First, uh, Double-checking how many rounds we got left. Oh, crap. Okay, we got... We're still a ways away, but let's try to see how fast we can go here. 13th round, go. Mm, i go... Joe Ryan. no, uh, guy, uh, That's the guy you like, right? Okay, my bad. Yeah, I, I'm Ryan. getting confused. Yeah, and I we mentioned this on last week's show about the rookies. Uh, Joe Ryan is a guy that I'm concerned about, but there's no denying that he was productive last year as well. So yeah. it can go either way. A uh, guy I don't like on this list? Uh, Brandon Lau, I guess, just to pick someone. I agree.
1: Yeah, too many strikeouts. I would've, I would've, and injury concerns are when he's – he's He's not available most of the time, but when he's available, he's striking out, so what's the point
0: <laughs> well, well, the point is because he can hit 30 home runs, I guess from the second base position. I think that's what it is, right
1: yeah, but I mean, I mean as a fan, it's kind of concerning that every four games that he hits a home run, and then he strikes out the rest of the bats, so it's kind of like what's your what's your what's your what's your risk there so
0: yeah, well, what, how much risk are you willing to take for a guy like that? I get it. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Uh, Brandon Lau, according to Woba projections for, uh, from Steamer, one, two, three, four, five. He's supposed to finish sixth in Woba next year with 27 home runs, but also 142 strikeouts and 515 plate appearances. So, what is that equal to? 515 divided by one. That's almost
1: like 20% of your plate appearances. Or probably 18 well
0: those are well those are at bats uh well okay let's let's do it so it's it, he strikes out once every 3.6 at bats which is pretty darn uh i guess high i guess it'd be too high yeah. Uh. so 142 divided by 604 plate appearances that's that's actually lower 24 percent. that's actually lower than what he did uh, the, uh, the last time he was healthy so I guess Steamer is suggesting that if he can limit his strikeouts and meaning he'll probably not hit 30-plus home runs, 27 home runs is still good to yeah. go with 26 doubles. But I'll take that. I'll
1: you would take, take that.
0: that. All right. But it still comes with a 240 batting average and a 323 on-base percentage. So – and only four stolen bases and two caught ceilings. So not what I want to look from a second baseman there. Round 14, give me a guy you don't like in the round 14.
1: I mean I'm between I'm torn in my opinion. Gary Sanchez. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like Gary Sanchez a lot. Um those two catchers are kinda I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm not really I don't know MJ Melendez this a lot, but from what I heard it's not that reliable, but who you knows We'll
0: uh, I'm a big Melendez fan, so I, I, I'm too biased, uh, and, and that's one of those guys that he he will see playing time outside of catcher. So you know how I like my catchers; I yeah. prefer them makes, not makes not, sense. not to play a, as a catcher for real life. Uh, but yeah, he was able to walk 12.4 percent of the time against only 24 and a half strikeouts. So that's pretty darn good for a rookie. Still got to hit 18 home runs. Um, and 91 mile per hour exit velocity last year with a 10.4% barrel rate. So there's a lot of promise. Uh, but I, I, I understand the concerns here. But we can, I will personally just say, hey, he was a rookie, give him a break. So yeah.
1: Okay. I get I get it. That's what I'm saying. Like I wasn't really aware since I didn't, didn't follow not follow lot last year. So I'm not really aware. But from what I heard, I, I mean, kind of like Salvador Perez is still there too. It's kind of like how much plate appearances will you have. So
0: yeah. So you're gonna go with Gary Sanchez?
1: Yeah, I mean high strikeout. you are a lot of homers, but there's a lot of high strikeouts going
0: home yeah. plays. So yeah, it's to the point where even I won't take it. I'm like that was at one point the biggest Gary Sanchez homer, no pun intended. But I can't do it. By the way, MJ Melendez uh penciled in as the number one batter in the Kansas City Royals, leading your leadoff hitter.
1: Yeah. Okay. Makes
0: and sense. he'll be sharing time with Salvador Perez at both catcher and DH according to this thing. Just depends what the uh, Royals end up doing and if they sign up anybody else. But right now, leadoff hitter from a catcher, you got to take it. You got yeah. you, What's your what's of hate? Anyway, um, the guy I do like, I guess I'm going to go with O'Neal Cruz and take his baggage. Raw, athletic, God-gifted, physical attributes but with very little skill set like there is a lot of refinement left to be done on this kid but you cannot ignore the fact that he is a piece of specimen he breaks every stat record it seems like he throws harder than anybody else he hits the ball harder than anybody else when he makes contact actually and it, it just makes the plays that you wouldn't expect from a a, a basketball player playing shortstop basically so that's my guy that I like in this round. This uh, what round are we in? Fourteenth. Let's move on to the fifteenth round really quickly. And now it's your turn to give me a guy. Yeah, you do like here.
1: I got two. here. Oh God. I mean, <laughs> Let's go. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna special mention to Drew Rasmussen. I oh, believe f- that he's one of the underrated picks here. I, I like really him. out last year. I like him a lot. I yeah. really love Luis Rios. Luis Rios is probably one of the most underrated pickups here of late rounds. So. Play Holmes, too, actually. real I mean, didn't notice him from the first instance, but I'll go where All right. Hey,
0: By the way, your, your microphone keeps cracking, so uh, I don't know if you could okay. do anything to adjust that. That's fine. I'm just letting you know. Uh, guy, so that's the guy you like. Guy I don't like. It's like these guys are so meh. You know, they're so blase. I'm so blase about it. I guess Chris Flexen just by default. Hell, even Matt gotta, Chapman. Oh, man. I'm sorry. What?
1: I got Rendon too.
0: Oh, I I I'm still a big Anthony Rendon homer though. I believe yeah. if he's healthy, he can still get you one more year of 25 home runs and 100 and 100 RBI, especially with the Angels with Otani and Trout and batting in front of him. Hopefully, I guess Chris Flexen's my guy. It just seems like he will be the odd man out in Seattle. He's a very like dependent on pitch to contact stuff. Does not offer much in strikeouts either. Last I checked. He's just a very uh boring guy. And he is going to get overshadowed in a very good Mariners lineup uh, uh, rotation, I should say. I agree. And I'm double checking roster resource, make sure I'm not talking out of my butt here. Uh yeah, he's not he's not even listed in the in the uh
1: he's not double even take- listed in the
0: starting rotation anymore. He's he's listed as a long relief guy. And wow. yeah, 95 strikeouts against 137 innings pitch. What is the point to all of this? You call you guys call yourself experts, huh? So, <laughs> uh, Matt Chapman's, uh, I guess, would be my hitter. I guess, so that's another red flag guy because I don't, I don't know what's going on with red, Matt Chapman, and I'm quite frankly, I'm, I'm tired of waiting to wait on him. So let's give me a guy you don't like in the 16th round.
1: 16th round, um,
0: and and just to kill the dead, spe- Labor
1: Torres maybe. Even here, like I I am I am I are we giving him too much chances at this point?
0: Nah, I think I think he's just right. He's now concentrated as the Yankees second baseman. The concern is that there's some guys that are coming up for the Yankees. If anything, he gets traded. He gets traded to a team that has room for him at second base, like the Marlins, I guess. So Stalin Castro, he'll take the route of Starling Castro. Or well, maybe he'll go back to the Cubs. I don't know. We'll see. But uh I think Torres proved himself last year as being a decent uh, 2010 guy. If he gives you 2010 guy, if he's a 2010 guy in the 16th round, I think you will take that uh, as a guy. But yeah, but if you don't like him because you don't trust him and you don't trust the situation with the Yankees, I can respect that as well.
1: I get it. I get it. I just feel the situation will make him bench a lot, so I'm not really that high on him. He he has the talent. If he goes on another team. Maybe it's justifiable, but at this point, and the Yankees, he was really high on them, and then now he's playing kind of like a platoon type of, you know, coming in to replace injury play injured players. So yeah,
0: well, I mean, he got to 572 plate appearances and played 140 games, so that doesn't happen by accident. But Yankees are loaded. Yankees are yeah. loaded, man. Uh, like I said, they got they got a couple of prospects that are coming up. You still got to play DJ LeMahieu all over the place, and Torres might be a guy who suffers from that lack of playing time. So I get the concern, but in the 16th round, I think it's a safe pick. Um, but if you got a big – I'm forcing your hand here. I'm, I'm well, 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 let's go this way. Uh, Gleybar Torres or Jonathan India in this round at, at second base? Who do you take? Ooh, I mean,
1: you're a big Jonathan India guy. I
0: am, yeah. And India, so... once again – injury riddled but when he's healthy rookie of the year guy right so
1: correct i pick i pick jonathan india
0: uh, yeah i mean i i think i would pick jonathan india too but that that would depend on him being healthy for an entire season Agreed. uh and yeah whereas Gleyber torres he actually you know, 140 games, 572 plate appearances. And, again, the competition comes in the in the fact that maybe Osvaldo – I forget if Cabre, Osvaldo Cabrera plays infield or not. I thought he does. I thought he did. But either way, I mean, you still got Peraza Is down that the there. guy that
1: was also playing right field too
0: at times with the Yankees? It sounds right. It sounds right. I could have sworn that he was also a, a second baseman coming up. I'm double-checking that right now. But, yeah, he did play – uh, he played some first base, he second base, third base, shortstop, left field, right field. So he was uh, mostly a right fielder last year, but he did play all over the infield as well, for, wherever he was needed. And you still got Oswald Peraza, and you still got Isaiah caner who I have no doubt in my mind could play some second base if need to, and Dijon LeMahieu. And that doesn't even include the guys who are coming up the pipeline either. So so that Gleyber Torres is a concern, whereas but Torres is also penciled in as a leading leadoff hitter for the yankees at this moment so i agree that, that's value agree. jonathan india number two hitter for the reds as of right now but former rookie of the year as well uh looks like india just turned 26 and clay Torres 26 so they're both the same age so it just depends what you like there uh guys i feel like
1: it's more about uh, uh availability but like i think india will be more available for that so
0: yeah so india yeah i don't see a lot of competition for jonathan india there so just he just has to stay healthy uh guy i like oh Luis. oh i gotta be careful here but i i I can't help it man Luis garcia i i can't you can't go wrong with a houston astros pitcher especially this late in the draft you can't go wrong i know there's a lot of concerns with Luis garcia but I I just can't help but fall in love with these Houston national starting pitchers, man. Uh, uh, and special note to Jose Miranda, who had a decent, uh, rookie campaign. So hopefully it's more uh more positives for next year for Jose Miranda of the Twins. I agree. Give me a guy you like in the seventeenth round.
1: Um.
0: And again, just to kill the space here, Oscar Gonzalez, Nate Ovaldi, oh, Martin Perez, Jake, Jack Flaherty. Hey, recording,
1: recording. Ooh,
0: echo, echo, echo. Uh, Cody Bellinger gives give Angel some uh, technical difficulties time. Cody Bellinger also got picked in this round. Jorge Polanco, DJ LeMahieu, Edward Cabrera, who I really like, Mitch Hanniger, who was always hurt, Taylor Ward, who's just a whatever <laughs> whatever hitter, Andrew Haney, and Tyler Molly. Are you back there, Angel? Yeah, I'm back here. I just got to
1: switch from my phone to my computer all right um, who's who's your guy here he's gonna be i tyler molly performed a little bit well last year given the fact he's a lower rounder yeah. martin perez was an all-star last year i think he's a good pick here i very really like
0: martin perez on this round all right, I was gonna pick Martin Perez as the guy I don't like. I think he's a fraud. He's a fluke. He has no breaking really? pitches. I don't. I and the fact that he none of his. I know I use um, a lot of advanced stats for my end of year stuff, but I also use traditional numbers. He did not place anywhere in the top ten, or he didn't pitch up to his all star caliber. Is, is what I'm trying to say here. I never liked them, and I never will. That's my guy. But since you, that's your positive player. I'll just go with Jack Flaherty uh then if that's the case uh the shoulder injuries are a major concern he couldn't stay healthy last year they give him all the time in the world to rehab and to uh give him the rest and he's still um he's still kind of uh he just couldn't do it he couldn't do it so I'm a little concerned I'm very concerned actually more than little I'm very concerned if I'm a little concerned it's because it's still a what around 17th round pick but still yeah. I mean let's look at the other pictures that are available I think I would pick Martin Perez over Jack Flaherty and, you know, and after that, what? Edward Cabrera, I'm a big fan of. The only thing I don't like is that the Marlins have a lot of good starting pitchers coming up their farm system. Uh Andrew Haney, uh Jesus.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like. Well, I put it this way, Haney's
0: healthy, right? Uh, and he's pitching in a gargantuan ballpark in Texas, too. So I that, mean,
1: let's put Jack Flaherty healthy, too. <laughs> I don't Jack trust him. pretty damn good when he's healthy. I don't trust him anymore. I as I'm saying, like he's pretty good when he's healthy.
0: I I get it, but I just don't think he will be. I think those arm problems are more concerning than when than when the Cardinals are are believing to be. I think and don't there's... get me
1: wrong. I I really I really like your pick. I was not liking him because those injury concerns are horrible. But as in terms of like talent, he's not he's not the worst talent here. It's yep. just that his his availability. Let's go with that again. Is not there like you. Why would you trust a guy that is going to pitch five games and then injure for the rest of the season?
0: And when there's plenty of pitchers, there's a plethora of pitchers you would probably take here. I mean, you just mentioned Tyler Molly at the end of this round. I mean, let's keep going here. Uh, Who else is Sonny Gray? I think I would pick Sonny Sonny Gray. Gray.
1: Yeah, Sonny Gray, I'll pick
0: him for sure. Even Brian Bellow for the upside. As you know, Angel, he helped me win that championship last year. (laughs) Uh, Mike Clevenger for the White Sox. Uh, Hey, Clevenger looks to be healthy to me. It's all about availability. Jose Yeah. Yeah reed that mercy showed out in his rookie campaign yeah. patrick sandoval uh still even though he's a veteran he still has a little bit uh, of upside left cal Quantrill, oh, okay. yeah pitch the contact pitcher who's shown that he even though i don't like him that much he's shown an ability to uh be consistent in the majors uh and let's see what did they say about jack Flaherty? what's the latest on october 4th uh Flaherty struck out one and allowed a hit in one relief inning and an 8-7 extra inning win Tuesday in Pittsburgh, he did not factor into the decision. Flattery was expected to throw multiple innings and roughly 45 pitches on Tuesday, but ended up tossing just 19 pitches in his one frame. Since returning from a shoulder injury at the beginning of September, he has a 3.86 ERA with a 146 WHIP and an awful strikeout-to-walk ratio of 27 and 13, which what is a, that's a two-to-one ratio, which not for what you expect from an All-Star guy. Um, he is likely to get the start in Game Three of the National League wildcard series if that game is necessary. So. no i don't think so uh let's see for five starts making it back flaherty has only logged 190 innings over the past three years 190 innings over the past three years Yes. even if healthy and effective flaherty's workload will likely be monitored the smart approach is drafting flaherty as a luxury but chances are someone will pay for the potential i feel he should be used as a long reliever yeah get his arm strength back a little bit yeah all right, we're in the 18th round. Uh, what did we do? Oh, guy that you don't like, Angel. Give me a guy you don't like here.
1: Ah, uh, Gavin. I mean, Gavin Lutz is good a little bit, uh, but I mean, I don't really. I'm not really familiar with Josh Young, so bear with me on that uh, one. I'll I'll, uh, I'll give a uh,
0: people. He's supposed to be the Rangers' best prospect, uh, even as a third baseman. From what I understand, good power uh, pick here as a hitter. Lots of promise. He did get hurt last year for a little bit. But as of right now, uh, the Rangers are excited to have him penciled in as a starting third baseman. Last I checked, and I'm double-checking all that as we speak. But getting back to the Josh Young, if my computer could just cooperate a little bit. Josh Young comes with a, a decent hit tool, lots of immense power, and a very good fielder. 60 future value according to uh, Fangraphs, which is pretty darn high. Uh, and Triple A last year... Uh only 106 plate appearances, but he was able to hit 273 with a 321 on base percentage and a 525 slugging percentage. So the power is there. But concerning is that as a 24-year-old, he only hit for a 104 WRC plus. I'm not sure if that's anything to do with uh injuries or whatnot. The previous and, and this was second goal at, in triple A because in 2021 he also played in triple A and he posted much better numbers. Uh, in his first year in AAA, than he did in his second year, but I think there was some con- uh, injury situation going on here. I just don't remember what those injuries were. Okay. And uh, yeah, he's penciling as a starting third baseman, the number one prospect in the Texas Rangers uh, farm system, according to Fangraphs. Number fifteenth overall to finish out the year, according to Fangraphs as well.
1: Okay. So yeah, the I upside mean, is there. I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against the upside so. Maybe Mike Clevenger's injuries also concern me. Yeah. will be a good pick. Gavin Lutz also. I like Gavin Lutz. Availability is my concern here. Like, he's always seemed like a guy that will fill in. Like, he would, you know, whenever we need a outfielder, he'll play outfield or, or second base or third base. But if everybody's healthy, he won't play. So, it's kind of like, how how much can you trust that everybody will Everybody, somebody will be injured so he can fill them up, fill it up. So,
0: yeah, uh, a lot of promise, too, for that guy. But it's been two years, maybe three years at this point. And he's just he, there's just too much talent with the Dodgers. And when he, anytime he gets a chance to shine, he kind of underwhelms, too. So I agree with that. Josh Young uh, was a shoulder injury for that kid. So uh, gotcha. we'll, we'll see if he's fully healthy. So a guy I like, uh, there's a lot of guys that I like here. I mean, Horser Quidi, I just mentioned. Uh, I'll just go with Alexis Diaz, the relief pitcher for the Reds, assuming that he will be the the, the closer and get you to save. That is Edwin Diaz's brother. Yeah. So, uh, and lightning stuff, just like Edwin uh and Diaz. Maybe not as good, but still lightning type of stuff. Uh, and he was among our, our our best relief pitchers of the past year, according to my numbers. The 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 cheat the spreadsheet I showed you earlier. Uh, he finished among one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball last year. Uh, and that's the uh, you know, that's based on traditional and advanced metrics as well. So cool. uh, especially in the 18th round, if you're getting a, a prime closer and the Reds have some guys that can get in there and, and, and be a threat. I wouldn't bet on any of those guys. I mean, the guy to get here is Alexis Diaz for the Reds. So round 19 guy you like. And I mean, this is a, a round that starts out with Ezekiel Tovar, Miguel Conforto, who's now with the Giants, Brandon Drury, Trevor Rogers, Marcus Stroman, Javier Baez. Uh, and so on and so forth. But is there a guy anywhere in this uh, round that you like? I think Eugenio Suarez is really low, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, it, it's still a bad taste in people's mouths from his last year in Cincinnati where he was a shortstop. And not only was he bad defensively, but he wasn't hitting anymore. And yeah. a little bit of a bounce-back year last year um, for the guy. And, and he he's a very uh, – it's a death – it's a depth piece for him, and that just shows how de- deep third base is as well. Uh, well, let's—I mean, he still strikes out too much, though. He—he'll—he'll yeah, do double-digit walks, but last year he got thirty-one point two percent. That's a career high, and that's already with an increasing strikeout rate to begin with. So that is a little bit of a red flag. But I mean, let's find out who else is available at third base. Uh, Brandon Drury was also selected in this round, like I mentioned, but Eugenio Suarez was the second, third baseman picked in this draft in this round 19. Uh, if we go to the 20th round, Ryan, Ryan, Mc- yeah. Ryan McMahon, I mean, do you trust Ryan McMahon or Eugenio no. Suarez? No. No, right? I mean, I think McMahon also strikes out a lot. Uh, Jordan Walker, uh, Jordan Walker, that's a, that's an upside pick. And I don't know if he's actually going to start or if he's going to uh, get a chance, but do you maybe like- Justin Turner
1: too in the next round? oh yeah I mean, justin turner
0: uh, so you got one guy with promise and upside and you got the justin turner pick who steady but old and we don't know what to expect and he's now going to he's going to a new team i forgot which team it was but
1: yeah it's true is he going uh, to boston
0: oh yeah so green monster so yeah uh, him and uh, trevor story can uh can grow old together and be miserable <laughs> together <laughs> and be unproductive together for the same. I'm looking to see what St. Louis is thinking about Jordan Walker there, but uh, do you pick any of those two guys over Eugenio
1: Suarez at this point? Mm, maybe upside of Jordan Walker. I think Justin Turner's ceiling. We already seen it. Eugenio Suarez hits a lot more homers and in a points league, again, he's going to provide you more points with homers. So,
0: Let's, let's see what else we got here. And that's it. That, okay, so that's the other. Okay, we're almost done here. Good, 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 good. Uh, so, yeah, Jordan Walker is penciled in as starting the season in AAA. He probably will get invited. He did play in the Arizona Fall League, apparently, according to Fangraphs, the number one prospect for the Cardinals, number eight overall, according to the Fangraphs 100. So that's the guy. Eugenius Rice is your guy. Uh, special honorable mention to Drew, Dre Jameson. Uh, for the Diamondbacks, I, I think he's going to be a good one next year as well for a starting pitcher. I know starting pitcher is a little risky to trust, but I, I believe in him. Guy, I don't like. Guy, I don't like. <laughs> Lord it's Correo, I guess. <laughs> it's on. It's on point, right? Because just... Conforto. I'm going to give him. A, I'm going to give Conforto a break, and and, and I'm going to give him a break, and I'm going to wait and see.
1: But Lourdes Gurriel,
0: because uh, at least with Conforto, you have that, you know, it could be anything. It could be a surprise, you know. It could be – I mean, he still comes with a good plate discipline. He won't swing at every pitch that he sees. Guriel's a little bit more of an impatient hitter. It works for him. But I just never liked the guy. I think he's way too inconsistent. I think he's too much of a hacker. I think the Blue Jays – the fact that they only had to give up Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno for Dalton Varsho is a big win for them. I know I know, my colleagues, uh, my fellow admins, Corey and Vince, disagreed, and they thought that the Blue Jays overpaid. But I'm a big fan of Dalton Varsho from a, both a, a fantasy and a real-life baseball perspective. Gabriel Moreno, these catchers, man, these prospect catchers, they just... They kind of flop a lot. They flop a lot. And Moreno's big saving grace is that he has a high hit tool. Congratulations. you got the next coming of Omar Narvaez then. Good job, guys.
1: <laughs> that's that disrespectful. Call I'm Narvaez. sorry.
0: There's no power there. So if no power and, and you're just like every other catcher that's out there, you're not, you're no Adley Rushman. You're no Buster Posey, you know, you're no I Joe agree. Maurer. So what do we have here? You got Omar Narvaez or or Christian Vasquez. Congratulations.
1: Hey, Russell Martin.
0: If you're lucky. <laughs> If you're lucky, and then Lourdes Goriel is coming back with a wrist injury, which sat a lot of his power, so he made up for it. And and again, I got to remind myself no more, no more uh shift for next year, but still, it's I never liked Lourdes Goriel even when he was healthy, I think he's just too inconsistent. Then what about Jesse Winker, though? Oh, yeah, well, new, new, I, I, I've i always liked Jesse Winker. Okay,
1: I always uh, pick Jesse Winker or Lourdes Gurriel.
0: Oh, it's Winker, no hesitation, okay. it's
1: Winker, yeah,
0: yeah pretty uh, bad junior last year, but. Yeah. And and I think that's more, I mean, going to Seattle, that's a big, uh, even though they too moved the fences in several years ago, it's still, I I think it's still not a good place for hitters to go to unless you're Julio Rodriguez. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The strikeouts were alarming last I checked, Uh, but you know, the Mariners were competing and there's a lot of outfield depth because Winker is an outfielder and there's a lot of guys that needed a, needed the plate appearances at DH as well. And let's see what he, what did Winker do? to uh hurt people uh you know he still doesn't strike out a lot he's great plate discipline so i'm a sucker for that as you may or may not know uh, so hopefully going to milwaukee does wonders like it did to christian yelich when he went to milwaukee and he's in the middle of a lineup and he is supposed to well he's the time sharing but with who Kessin kiora mike brousseau come on
1: yeah, okay. I agree. And Lourdes
0: Gurriel, he might be in a timeshare too. I mean, the Diamondbacks oh, are loaded in no. the outfield, and they're gonna need some some playing time for some of those young players to play DH. So uh, he, maybe he gets traded somewhere else. Maybe maybe they'll that'll work wonders for him. But anyway, round twenty, give me a guy you don't like here. Round twenty, and uh, just to give you some time to think, we we're talking about Paul Sewald, uh, Aaron Ashby uh roddy Tellez is the first uh, corner infield that goes uh dylan carlson's the first outfielder that goes in this round and uh as you know as you could tell here uh angel no more middle infielders i think uh i think the the, the so-called experts realize that middle infield middle infield is not a spot you want to wait forever on so yeah now we're just seeing corner infields and outfielders in some Leftover starting pitchers and pitchers overall getting picked in this round. So with that being said, give me a guy you don't like in this round. Um,
1: I don't like Rick Ryan McMahon. I think <laughs> he failed me too much last year. I, yeah. I don't trust him defensively. He's really, you know, he can go to position and position again, that doesn't help in, in fantasy. So he just really inconsistent batting like, I traded. I think I let him go um, <clears> on <throat> to the waivers, so yeah. it didn't help me a lot.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, give your, I'm going to give you some time to uh, 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 let you clear your throat. <laughs> uh, play, listen, man, playing time will be abundance. I think he signed to a long-term deal, so I think the Rockies might want to justify that. Last I checked, I might be wrong. Oh, yeah, $60 or $70 million. <laughs> so He's going to get the playing time. <clears throat> That's a bargain.
1: That's yeah, I mean, right.
0: Yeah, you know, bargain for a guy who strikes out a lot, sure. But he also walks a lot too, relatively speaking, all things considered. Uh, and he he's guaranteed for twenty home runs. He'll probably qualify at, at either second base or third base. So that's that. That's value in itself. So there's the one advantage of being a pretty good defensive infielder is that you get to play multiple spots and qualify everywhere and, and get playing time because you're steady at the at, with the glove, I guess. Um, oh, he also played three innings of shortstop. So there's that. That's a thing. So he's going to qualify in a lot of positions, uh, so to speak, I guess. But uh, yeah, he—I uh, guess he would be the guy that is of the highest question mark here. Guy, I like in this round. It's getting tougher here now, isn't it? Because I can't keep picking all these rookies, right? A yeah. Little... <laughs> uh, let's let's go with Kenta Maeda and the possibility of a big bounce back year. Uh, the Twins are better off when Maeda is healthy. And if and when he's not starting, he can also be a, a good relief pitcher. So if you need holds, that's your guy. Uh, Maeda is slated to be penciled in as a number four pitcher for a rotation that really needs him. So that's um, that's a promise. Uh, that looks very promising for that Twins rotation. I don't know if it's going to be good enough for them to be competitive in the central. I mean, it should be to at least be 81-81, right? That looks like a, a good 81-81 rotation to me. I guess. So, yeah. Uh and then let's I like see. John Durant. I like John Durant too, but I just don't know what the twins are doing anymore, man. The, 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 as you know, the twins, they don't believe in that closer stuff. Joan duran will probably be that like I mentioned about class a he'll probably be the guy that they use for the sixth and seventh inning just to get them to the ninth inning guy and jorge lopez i don't believe in him but i think they like the fact that if jorge lopez starts the ninth inning with nobody on base that he will be more successful than not i don't trust him though that's just me i'd rather have Joan duran as my closer but that's not the way the twins work so we got to be mindful of that otherwise yeah hell yeah Joan duran has been my guy for like the last two three years just waiting for him to come up uh getting back to kenta maeda uh, his project, steamer projections has him at 146 innings pitch, uh, good control, decent strikeouts for a 34-year-old. He'll be yeah 35, actually, next season. And, uh, yeah, he can control his walks and give you a respectable um, strikeout rate. So if he's healthy and he continues to throw the ball the way he did in this late in the draft, I think that's a good pick. It's a solid, safe pick if you're trying to fill out your starting rotation in the back end of the draft. Last round, we made it. We made it. Uh, guy you like here. And uh let, let me go back and just say Joey Manessis is the first corner infield taken in this round. Andres Munoz is the first relief pitcher, Ross Shipping is the first starting pitcher taken, and the first shortstop, we just mentioned them earlier. The first middle infielder, Oswald Peraza was taken in this round. So go ahead, man. Give me someone you like here. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Barasa, I like him. I think he can play outfield too, right?
0: I believe so. I believe so. I mean, these Yankee prospects are—they mo- uh, are very um, versatile, so to speak. So,
1: yeah, I, I like Barasa. Him. Noah Syndergaard too. I <clears throat> LA is known for turning you know fools gold into gold. So, yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if Syndergaard can go back and. Be as close to his dominant self i don't think he could be ever as dominant you know after all the surgeries or whatnot i honestly don't know how many surgeries he's had but yeah uh a special shout out to andres muñoz uh oh wait that's the you, you pick the guy you like so but so special shout out to andres muñoz uh if you're in a whole league mm-hmm. pick up andres muñoz right now if you're in a five-by-five league he will do wonders for your era and whip and get you lots of strikeouts so andres muñoz sneaky pick a guy i don't like uh joy manessas i guess just because he's old and <laughs> the national. I think, he, I think Manessas is a. It, it, his profile is more of a bench piece, at the very least, a, a part of a platoon system and a really good team, but he's not going to get the playing time uh, that he that you will need to justify getting him this late. Uh, I would rather have Spencer Torkelson just because of the upside alone in this round. Uh, he, that was the other first, but even Matt Mervis for the Cubs, I'd rather have him just for the upside alone. And uh, what about so, Nico? Nico Horner, uh, oh yeah, Nico Horner. uh, Regardless of position, I would rather have Nico Horner over Joey Manessis. I know what to expect from Nico Horner at this point of his career. Joey Manessis, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Nationals are thinking, but I'm. But you know what? I do know that the Nationals are trying to do a youth movement, and Joey Manessis. When we did a spotlight, I think he was 31 years old. We did the spotlight for him because he was one of those uh, uh, traditional. September call ups or whatever, you know, guy who's he's gonna be 31 next year. Yeah, so he it, we, he was 30 years old before he got called up and he had a wonderful stretch last year where he had 13 home runs yeah, in 56 really games. Well. What's that? He
1: played really well last year,
0: exactly. But number one, are those numbers real? And number two, are the nationals going to give him a, basically? He's a Frank Schwindel. What the what Frank Schwindel did with the Cubs. In 2021, that's what Joy Manessas did for the for the Nationals in 2022. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. So maybe the Nationals can do a better job of uh, flipping him for some help, some, uh, what do you call it, um, younger players in the, at the trade deadline. All right, man. Hey, I think we went super-duper long, but that's expected. These uh, mock draft breakdowns are usually, uh, it takes up a lot of time. Plus, we got sidetracked. But that's fine. It's the last episode of the year. So this will uh, hopefully warm you up and get the baseball juices going for you people when you listen to the audio only or YouTube versions of it. Uh, Angel, what did we learn about this episode today?
1: We have learned that we know nothing.
0: We know nothing. That's the one guarantee. We know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why did we it?
1: No, for real, well, what, did you, what did you learn? I, what did you learn? One Sorry, things go. we learned. One of the things we learned. You were saying not, not draft a pitcher until the fourth round. Um not draft a pitcher until the fourth round. What else? I think one of the things we noticed later is not a lot of middle infielders, like right? yeah. a lot of a lot of corner infielders at the end. So maybe focus on your middle infield on the start, and then you can probably get some probably low end at the end of the day, but really productive
0: corner corner infielders.
1: So.
0: Yeah. We say that as Oswald Peraza, Nico Horner gets drafted at the very end, but let me see 20th no, in Before
1: that, there were like 20 picks that were not either that. Yeah. Javier bias,
0: but come on, do you really want Javier bias? Even as a 19th round pick, do you really want Javier bias to be your starting shortstop or even Ezekiel Tovar? I mean, this is, yeah. So even if they do draft, they come with a lot of question marks, right? I guess like what we're trying to is a lesson we learned. Gavin Lux, another middle infielder. Question marks, even in the 18th round. Lots of question marks. I don't care that he's a high upside pick. That's not the high upside I'm looking for. Uh Jorge Polanco, uh, he I had him on my team disappointed last year. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, a lot of yeah, you want to make sure you get Jeremy Peña as much as people love him. 16th round looks like it's a good pick. Yeah. But you know what though? He struggled though. He did struggle. He did not put up the like, I think his TV highlight exposure might have messed up people's perceptions, but Pena distro- did not have that fantastic of a rookie season uh, in terms of regular season uh, production. Where he did shine was in the playoffs for the for the Houston Astros for real. So I'm not gonna take that away from him. But let me, just to take a quick look at him, uh, two eighty nine on base percentage. That's all I need to know. Two eighty nine on base percentage and only a three point nine walk rate. So he has a lot to learn. Raw numbers though, twenty two home runs and eleven stolen bases. You will take. So, so it's not all loss, but there's some inconsistency red flags for me. Um, anything
1: else, Angel? Any last words from you? Um, not at the moment. Thank you very much for inviting me here. So, thanks
0: for tuning. I thank you for, um, I know we talked a lot, we wasted a lot of time before we went live and before we hit the record button just talking. Always a pleasure talking to you, my brother. Man, I I, I enjoy. The few times I've interacted with you in, the, uh, in this realm, I definitely enjoyed my times with you in our leagues. Um, I guess it's appropriate to, to say how much I appreciate you at the end of the year, right? New Year's is about to come. It's kind of a Thanksgiving pseudo thing happening here with the holidays. Mm-hmm. But I do thank people like you, but most especially you as an individual i do thank you for being a part of this little world that we're trying to build here not just for the podcast but for the uh all the facebook groups that we have going here for basketball for pop culture for baseball football all of it so uh, even you've done a wonderful job uh uh just going with the wide world of sports life you did a masterful job with the with the coverage of the world cup and i couldn't have done it by myself so i'm glad that you actually took the mantle you and david uh but since you're here I, i I give you the shout out and the and the appreciation that you took that mantle and just ran with it. So I do thank you a lot for doing that. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Been a pleasure for all of you guys. Season three is in the books. We look forward to season four. I don't know when we'll restart that. Uh, but, um, yeah, we're going to take a break and hopefully we'll come back refresh. We'll, Austin and I are already working on our on our spreadsheets for next year. Uh, <laughs> as, as you know, Angel, they are very time consuming and a lot of work. Uh, but uh, you you say that they work. You you you're a consumer of these spreadsheets, so yeah. I, I they I mean you you go ahead. You tell the people
1: do they work or are they just a big waste of time? Hey, I went to the semifinals last year, and there was mostly drafted players. So I'm just saying, they work. They work.
0: Thank you, Angel. St- uh, you know, dashing endorsement from my guy here. All right, Angel is over there. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to you, Merry Angel. Christmas. If I don't, if I don't tell you that when I see you later, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year to everybody. We will see you on the other
1: side of 2023. Take care. Goodbye. Thank